Dog It Club is a podcast about three friends quantifying their love for television via a spreadsheet. This show contains explicit language and is not safe for little ears. And there is a perpetual spoiler alert in effect. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 25 of Dogget Club. We haven't recorded in a while, but we're back. Uh, shit happens. Holidays are, are rough to get a schedule down. But we are very happy to welcome you to 2019. 2019. And we're very, with an optimistic Happy New show. Year. A very optimistic show that we really enjoy and love a lot. 29 Sheen. <laughs> what? Yeah. What, Ed? We're going to be talking parks and recreation today. It's a good ass show. Yeah, uh, with a lot of funny people. I like uh, a lot of improv people. I love improv people. I love improv people from this specific Time group. Period. Well, yeah. group of people, L.A. based improv type people like Amy Poehler and Jason Manzukis and and funny actors that that, are, that sort of exist in that world too, like like fucking Adam Scott. And it's just a great combination of writers and people that came together for this show. I I, I, I can't speak high enough. Filmed filmed like The Office, but better, better, and we're just off the bat better. Just better. I mean, it's just better. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. I hope this intro was long enough so you don't have to listen to a bunch of music, but uh, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com. Again, twitter.com slash dog. Twitter slash dog. Twitter.com. And tweet. Slash dog club. Tweet at us and rate us five stars on iTunes. All right. What if? Dog club. What if? What if? Dog club. Sometimes life is crap, but there's always a show. It's a very optimistic show. The theme sets it's the tone. It's a very, uh, very happy show. Uh, tonight is our. Nope. Nothing about finding videos. Tonight is our. I'm Ron Swan. So, Parks and Rec is a cute little show about the Parks and Recreation Department of a local government in a tiny little town in in Illinois. Of a joke town. And, uh, yeah, and it's kind of like, (laughs) I I equate it a little bit to Looney Tunes. It has a bit of a cartoony vibe. A lot of the residents, you know, the. Uh, Not too much, though. A candy company owns half the town. Fucking everybody's obese, and there's all these insane problems. They kind of like turn all the like usual. It's all turned up to 11 to make it real cute and kind of ethereal and funny and strange. Uh, 
Uh, and it focuses on Leslie Nope, played by Amy Poehler, and uh, Ron Swanson, played by Nick Offerman. They are arguably the stars of the shoe. Main characters, yeah. Main characters. Uh, and Would you put Ron at the same level as yes, Leslie? Yes. As I, think, I, think, I think it's Leslie and then slightly below that Ron. And then it becomes more of an ensemble later. But in the first couple seasons, it's about, I mean, it's about Leslie and Ron. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. It's the story of these, these two. It's the liberal and the conservative. Well, you know, where liber- they libertarian, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's the, it's yeah. the, this and the, that, and you know, be showing that they can be friends. I think it's a very, as far, especially now, it's, a, it's that's, it's a great show These for are now. Dark times. <laughs> this is the darkest dark to, to reference another NBC comedy, uh, community. We're in the darkest timeline. We're um, in the dark time. It's the dark side. So in, in case in case we go off the rails a little bit, I just want to preface this. Because this is a very politically charged. No, no, show. that's not it. We we haven't recorded in a while, so we might just want to like have a little fun on <laughs> on microphone. Good. <laughs> uh, but the it's it's a uh, it's a great show. Um, what do we do first on this podcast? We do we ask what's your rating. Uh, my rating for Parks and Rec. Th- oh, two oh. thumbs down from Evan. No, it's my. 15th, what a shocker! It's my fifteenth rateish show. Rateished, rateished. It's my fifteenth rateished show. <laughs> You're a rateished. You, hey, you have a note there. Uh, One uh, of the funniest, most heartwarming shows I've ever watched. Made me laugh harder than almost anything I've ever watched. Touching, well made, amazing <sighs> character development. That's what Evan wrote. Yeah, and, and his it's rating an eight point six four. And uh, it's a. Uh, Respect pretty solidly where it's at. Um, the only comedy any higher is It's Always Sunny, right? And you talk about two completely different shows tonally, <laughs> yeah, they're like opposite mm-hmm. ends of the comedic spectrum, um, <laughs> yeah. Although I must say, the last new episode of It's Always Sunny, the last like 15 minutes is damn heartwarming, so interesting, yeah. I uh, Ryan's talked very highly about the latest episode of Always yeah. Sunny. I I look forward to watching that. Just talk about, yeah. Did you, <laughs> I I don't know what Good they were doing with this la- latest season, but they went all over the place. The football episode, two parter. Th- there was some. They did some amazing stuff this season. It's, it's Always Sunny. Once you watch the latest season, you understand why it's up at, what, so high as I have it. But anyway, Parks and Rec. Hey. Um. I, I love this show also because of the background of a lot of the people and where a lot of the people were from. It's a lot of improv people. Uh, Nick Offerman was kind of an improv person and an actor in Chicago, and but it also, I think, moved to L.A. and was involved in the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. It's this it's this improv theater in, in L.A. where a lot of people like Amy Poehler and uh, a lot of people you've seen on SNL came from. Jokes. Okay. It's it's like yeah. uh, it's Jokes. like Second City or, <laughs> or, or anyway, all the improv improv places. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the writers and stuff. So it's Parks and Rec is fucking awesome. Like, you know that the the the, the podcast doesn't do comedy. Bang, bang. Mm-hmm. The uh like uh, Scott Ackerman, he's another guy that was that's he's best friends with Amy Poehler. They've all a lot of every, like half the cast of Parks and Rec has been on Comedy Bang Bang, so it's it definitely lives in my like sphere of weekly things. 
you know, mm-hmm. part it just Parks and Rec is is this show that was that was made up mostly of stuff of people I I listened to outside of Parks and Rec. Right. So it was it was you know, uh, fucking Adam Scott, Ben Wyatt. He he's he does a podcast with on Earwolf with Scott Ackerman, and it's all this it's all these funny people that all live they're all friends and, and live in the same universe. It's your second highest comedy. Yep. Yeah. Which and the next highest so would be the office. That there's several spots down from that. We can talk uh, we can talk about how the office relates to Parks and Rec like a little bit. Uh, oh, definitely. I was, I, talk- think- I was talking to Taylor about this before we started, where the office kind of cuts down and is more sarcastic and negative Sardonic. towards other people. Like very very kind yeah. of yeah, like, like snarky. Parks and Rec builds up. Yeah, they build. E- up, yeah, like, even the even optimism, even idiots, yeah. even the idiots on the show are embraced. Right. The uh, and and that's and people like when I hear somebody there's there's one character that that flies in the face of that and that's Jerry. You're right, right. The bu- right. they bully him. Yeah. There is, a, the show. They, but that's kind of the deal. Like everybody, even like their enemy. Leslie even shows like their enemies, like like jam respect. At certain, you know, like she she plays by the rules generally, but with Jerry, everybody's kind of. But that's the gag. It's well, a gag, and and the writers actually do the building up of Jerry based on his home oh, life, his family, the story arc, his and his and yeah, his art. Yeah, like, like he wouldn't have been if they weren't picking on him and treating him poorly. The fact that he has like a supermodel wife and like right, later on in the show, tall it's part of the. It's part of the lives to be a hundred and seven or some yeah, shit. It's just know, it's like, just a running joke that that works works out because it's written so well. And I think if you don't get past the first, you know three seasons you won't ever see that right <laughs> but that's re- like and then but that's really all the show is it's just it's just following the people involved with this parks and recs department and then eventually you know and then leslie you know they it's these characters building their little political careers and it made and the show makes a lot of really great points about politics and civility and 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 you know i actually just moved this show up um it for me, it's a nine point one. It's my number seven show, actually. And it—I mean, for me, sitcoms usually raise higher than you guys. So this is my top-rated sitcom. Parks and Rec is above How I Met Your Mother and Friends, and it's always sunny. Just yeah, be- that's new, isn't it? Because I thought you had Friends above it at one point. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And how I met your mother wasn't it lower or higher? I don't. You changed so it. I'm uh, how I met your mother. I didn't change today, but I moved uh, Parks and Rec before the show, even before I thought we were going to talk Cheater. about it. Justin has how I met your mother at eight point nine three out of ten, and he's got Parks and Rec at nine point one out of ten. Yeah. So Friends is eight point nine, and it's fucking cheater, well, Justin. I didn't know we were going to talk about the show. I just I was fucking cheater. I was doing some calibration on my list. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> so uh <laughs> sure fucking cheater well even if i hadn't moved it i would move it at the end of the episode no big deal uh, uh but it's a 9.1 for me it's like i said number seven show it's just it's the most positive sitcom and it gets points for that for me I have, so I have a, my I turn have, i have a well i have a question nine, before we before we get to nine point, okay well you go ahead nine go. Out I'm gonna, I'm no go something. ahead go ahead go ahead what i was you? gonna say we can Throw was, it in the uh, middle. Of, doesn't matter. Yeah. Was Robert Patrick in the show? Hey. Uh, 
I don't do Robert Patrick. That's oh, what's that? What's some of you trying to do? An, uh, trying to do an invitation to me? Uh oh. Uh, hold on. Let me go. Robert Patrick. Mark. I don't think he was. And Rick. Come on. Damn. Man, if he was, that'd be amazing. I miss you, Doggett. Agent Doggett, I miss you. Johnny D. Johnny D, you're a badass. I don't think it was that one. Damn, that's a, that's a shame. I like all those True people. True Blood, X Files. I like all those people. You're you're my fucking hero. <laughs> I you know <laughs> I, I could have been like Andy's dad or something. Cast. That's what we could do. Cast Robert Patrick in the show. <laughs> yeah, who would he be? Oh, he'd have to. I would say Andy's dad. Uh, I would. You say, never meet Andy's parents. I would say Andy's fucked up divorced no. parents. Ben's dad. No, I wouldn't say that either. I think no. Would. You meet Ben's dad. He oh would, yeah, you're right. He would yeah. be an overzealous park ranger, like, but like, like in uniform, like real straight, straight laced, kind of park ranger guy. Well, they have like, remember Andy Samberg played a. Okay, well, all right, I'm gonna get out of here so you can stop that music. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Man, you're a badass. Live, Bye. Live, see you later. I'm gonna hey, go live in my closet. You're awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah, I, I think he he would because he could play. He's played dumb before. I've seen him play dumb. If he played like Andy's clueless dad. And he could you know, he could be funny. Yeah, if he, he could be he, real he funny. A, yeah, you just got to give him the script. That's the, that, the I want to do that. It's gonna pop up again. Let's cast Robert Patrick in the show. Robert cast, Patrick. If he if wasn't, wasn't in, the, in the show, what would he him. be? What would yeah. he be? Damn. Yeah, that's Johnny D. We might have to go back and just do an episode. Have you we, seen this boy? A Robert Patrick special where yeah, we go, we'll go back through, through all the, all the yellow ones and go. Where would you cast Robert Patrick in this? In Battlestar. Expect that. Expect the Robert Patrick special. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Have you seen this boy? Have you seen this Have boy? I'll see it. Uh, it's me, your daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, so Parks and Rec. I don't have a note, huh? Nope. You hate it, though. So no note, and it's the lowest rated of the three of us. So uh, you really so fucking hate this show. 8.61 out of 10. So it is pissing on it. You're just going to piss on its face. Number 11 for me. It looks like, if you categorize it by me. Technically, it I is. have it lower than ever, but I have more. Interesting that I have Breaking Bad above it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's totally moving up. Uh, it wouldn't so take it, much. It's here. Look, it's the top comedy sitcom, aside from Always Sunny, for me. Uh, Your phone. What yeah. the hell? I The phone's not even close to the mics. Anyway, um... So anyway, yeah, it's number two easily for me. Um, the reason why it's not higher, I just want to make clear it, it. Some of the seasons, if they were all as good as like seasons three through the end, but the first season's a little rocky. Uh, second season definitely found part of their groove there, yeah. but they're still not a hundred percent. So I felt the show I put a little bit off because of that, but um. And then I guess sit the sitcom factor is yeah. why it's not higher for me. I mean, sitcoms are only so can be only so good to me. But uh, in my opinion, it's one of the best shows to go to if you're in a down mood. Right. It takes your mind off of the insanity of the news cycle they, in this world. It's funny to see a show that effectively copped the offices 
thing. Well, and that, and that they was did its, it very well. That yeah. was its problem in season one. It was, it was kind of trying, trying too to, hard too to much, emulate. Too much. The and then they they it, they they kept a lot of the like looking at the camera fourth wall breaky stuff. Right, but they didn't make it like there was a camera there. You know what I mean? The a office, couple of times they did, they did but very, they did very sometimes. Yeah, when some, it sometimes they did, but it, not not much. It was mostly Leslie that would talk to the camera, and I liked that it was, office. and I liked that it was never brought up in the story like it was in the office. Yes. Yeah. Oh, like the boom mic guy. Yeah, with Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Oh, that's so good. Good writing by that guys. Bravo. <laughs> Real smart. You broke the fourth wall and almost broke up the favorite marriage of the show. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like Shit, April and Andy, it'd be like if in the last few episodes of the, the, you find out that April and Andy got a messy divorce. Now, I think you would really enjoy the uh, the Office subreddit because the things that y'all don't like about the show, they they agree. Like the the whole Brian sound guy thing, they don't like him. They don't like a lot of the certain. I don't like. Came up. I don't like like season seven, eight, and, and eight. Andy. They I don't, don't like, like Jim. Exactly. Jim, yeah. Jim going to the weird basketball thing made no fucking sense. <laughs> There's so, so much wrong. Could've, they could've just yeah. I mean, sliced and diced. There was still funny shit. stuff in those right. seasons, but wow, were they missing it? The main story somewhere. arcs weren't. And by the way, right. I I think I've misconstrued that. So here we are. It's our office episode. A little tangent. I always had blamed Michael Scott, but some of that is just flat out bad writing. Yeah. It had nothing to do with hey, the fact that hey, Steve my, left my, my, the show. Hey, Michael Scott. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, back to what this show did is a... I think it, like Evan said, it makes you feel like everybody can get along. It's also one of those in a world where right now it feels like a lot of people aren't getting along. It's also one of those shows that added characters. You know, I think we talked about that in a past episode when a show very deftly adds new characters in the middle of the show. They did that well. Like this show starts off with a, a character named Mark Brandanowitz. As like in the credits, and I, I always found him very funny. But they eventually he got the heave ho, and then Bye-bye. Rob, then Rob Lowe and Adam <laughs> Scott joined the cast. Good night, good night. And Rob Lowe and Adam, you're Scott, off the show. <laughs> uh, and Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, I mean, usually rank up there with people's favorite characters on the whole show. Hey, how do you? I got to ask you, Evan. How do you think that conversation went when they told him he was probably that probably you're not going to be on the show anymore? You think that was a good conversation? Probably a healthy handshake and thank you for the <laughs> opportunity and off he went. Yep. Okay. Maybe it was. I would I would think, wouldn't you be disappointed? Fuck think that. about that. Fuck I don't that know. Like, if you're watching the show for the first time and you go into season three, I don't want to give too much away, but Rob Lowe shows up and you're like, you just think about his body of work before Parks and Rec and you're like, what's, who's he going to, what's his character? What's he going to do? And then he's just like the most optimistic, like he's positive really person great. in the show, and it just like that he really sets the tone for the rest of the show. Like just that first episode when he comes in, it just like changes the whole tone of what's going on. I think. I also wanted to say part of the reason why it's so high for me is it balanced out some of that silliness that you get in a sitcom, yeah, with weight, right effectively and it didn't get like evan said it's like looney tunes but it there is a line for me as we've talked about and it goes to tina fey's show you know where there is a line where the cartooniness or silliness goes too far for me yeah and then i don't like the show anymore and somehow or another parks and rec got it 
got it exactly correct. Hey, Taylor, you dropped your phone. <laughs> this fucking phone's causing me all kinds of problems this episode. Set it over there. Put your phone in the box. <laughs> there. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. Part I, I love this show. I love this show. I have never had a problem recommending it, and yeah. most of the people I've recommended it to have loved it. So... Even it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative or whatever no. either because you might think oh it's kind of political because it's a government and it it is but it never gets in your face no. or makes you feel uncomfortable no. ever and as someone who works in local government like it 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 relates I mean it, it's not reality obviously but it's they satirize like a lot of the town hall meetings yeah. they'll like make fun of how it sh- they'll pick a super extreme position and, yeah. and satirize and cartoonize like tone, evan said they always keep the tone correct yeah yeah they they manage to somehow you still feel like something's happening and they use but a it's lot ridiculous. of it and they, and they use it in a little thing when they do big crowd shots of, with people showing up to either the uh the 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 what is it the stu- the council chambers or city council or yeah the city council or the town or, hall or a town hall minute. thing they use a lot of the same extras a lot of the same actors yeah. as the like People who live in the in Pontiac, right? That have opinions like the the, like the guy the like you know, especially in the town halls. You always have the same kind of that you see the recurring like, yeah, well, I want (laughs) something weird, and they're like, well, (laughs) (laughs) like it's 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 great, and that result. It's it's a very meticulously made show. It's not a sloppy show. The characters are all developed well. I agree with that. I mean, look at the it's tight by the end of the show. I mean, now in today's terms, look at the cast like Chris Pratt. And he's one of the biggest stars in the fucking world. Yeah, he was like no one whenever he started and, on the show. And he's amazing. And you didn't like him at first. You thought he was just like a, a pathetic... Well, they like, changed his his character completely. Yeah. When they realized he wasn't going to just be a... A guest star. A guest, they called a him a guest, guest star right. in the first season. Yeah. And then they turned him from kind of a dick to a little monkey man. Like a sweet, and he was funny. Sweet, sweet monkey it man. Was a, it was a gross... Uh, immature type of funny that added that element to the show. You know, you had, if you think about it, you had a lot of different types of characters that were delivering different types of comedy. Right. Tom would deliver his brand of, you know, the business comedy, the things with John Ralphio. Yeah. And just. Ben Schwartz, another UCB. Ooh, hello. Uh, uh, person that played John Ralphio. I mean, He's every so good. everybody was del- cr- and his sister um, Jenny Slate, another one. Rob Lowe. That's yes. a form. That's a type of comedy too. His over optimistic right. stuff. His over health concerns and how he eats and everything. But stop pooping. They managed to fit all these different characters and types of comedy and into this one package that was just felt great. You know. They really executed like, and Evan said, "I should have." I, I agree with him. Tight show. I mean, it was very much very well done, orchestrated production values. Everything seemed very meticulous, like you said. Well, and, and there was like, and um, it was part sitcom, part normal show because you had like storylines and stuff, like when she was playing in the fall festival and when she was. Oh, know, there was definitely. That's another that thing. It, it it is a sitcom that. Has Get on your feet. <laughs> would y'all agree it has it has a little more con- continuity than a lot of sitcoms? I think there's a lot of continuity. Yeah. Um, 
It's more like The Office. It, it very much emulates The Office, but does it slightly better, in my opinion. The music in the show was just perfect. Yeah, you got little little Sebastian. Yeah, uh, in the show, Andy Dwyer, who's played by Chris Pratt, a.k.a. Star-Lord, uh, has a band called Mouse Rat, and they... He knows how to play the guitar, and he sings, and a lot of the songs from the show are songs. Yeah, they're songs. They're catchy songs. <laughs> like in another life, Chris Pratt would have been would have been like on SNL doing as kind of an Adam Sandler right. type. <laughs> it's kind of like a you know a '90s alternative band. Yeah, well, he loves Dave's Matthews band, right? <laughs> I think when you talk about comedy in the show, what Tom D&B. delivers is one of my favorite. Who? What, what? that character? What the character Tom oh, does? Yeah. I think is funny throughout the whole show. Right. I like the continuity. I like his arc. I like everything they wrote. Have you ever listened to Aziz and Zari's stand up? Some of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's well, a lot of the same stuff. One of my favorite Tom moments in the show is whenever he they're 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 having an art contest to see whose whose mural is going to be on the wall. And Tom and goes pays some artist to paint him a, a picture to to enter into the contest. And he's just and thinks art's it's, stupid. He's just the whole time he's like art's dumb. He's like just make me some art. Just just make just 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 paint something. And then he gets this painting and he it's all over just, time like it cuts back like, to him going and eventually he loves well, it's, the painting. It's all just shapes. He's and he's just like it's just shapes. <laughs> and then he, he's looking but but. He just grows to appreciate it more. He's like, I'm crying, man. I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> and he goes back to the guy. He's like, I want more. Give me more. Because well, they kept everybody the right. They, they Every character is kind of, and I mean this in the best way possible, <laughs> a joke. Yeah. Generally. Right. Like Donna, the, the big boisterous uh, uh, secretary right. in the mm-hmm. office, is just... <laughs> off screen just balling yeah. like she's just making money and doing stuff and she's just got this life you hear about but in the office she's just kind of there right she and was there at that singles thing Jerry, whenever uh uh yeah and it's like what's you her didn't name? see me here yeah. uh leslie of course like <laughs> passionate about government super yeah. positive ron you know kind of hmm, ron the joke about ron he's a libertarian and he thinks government's stupid and then fucking aziz until like, his ex-wife the shows superficial up. tom <laughs> and then he's not <laughs> superficial tom but with like he had so they keep him super superficial so that when he has these moments yeah and so the jokes land especially like some of my favorite joke pairings character pairing in that show is tom and ben Near the end when Tom's just like, you're such a nerd. And my favorite, I think my favorite Tom moment is when they're at the kids dance and Tom is the DJ and he's playing like pop stuff that was popular maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And all the kids are like, that's dumb. And, and then Ben comes in with his fucking like hipster ass, like eighties alternative music and starts playing like, the, you know, the, the talking heads and stuff. And all the kids are like, yeah. And, and Tom's like, Oh no, what? What happened? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. cool, and I'm not cool. Like it just, <laughs> it just slayed me. That like juxtaposed the, the way it, the way it worked. It was just so good. Yeah. Um. So Taylor. God, I wreck. I we're gonna have the same dog. Because I can't. Who's your favorite it. character? 
Damn. <laughs> We're going to have the same one. That's a nice long pause. So we might as well just share the conversation. Well, no, no, okay. Uh, I don't know, because I don't know. I, um, so Evan's referring to, we had talked a little bit before the show, and Ben is my favorite but we, character. It's but it's because not, we not, all not, relate, I relate to him. To him on a fucking spiritual level. And le- like, okay, I hate to go back to the Earwolf podcast, but on uh, Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott do a podcast about REM. That's not really about, I mean, it's maybe 30% of the show. They actually, t- they love REM. Um, and before that, it was U2. They had a U2 show. And it's just an hour and a half of the two of them just yeah. being fucking insane. Uh, but Adam Scott is... There was so much of him in Ben Wyatt. He is a dorky, music elitist, you know, too, you know, smarty pants, just fucking, I love Adam Scott. Like, I would listen to Adam Scott do anything. So I'm not as, I'm not as certain as Evan. I'm in my favorite, I mean, spoiler, Ben's my favorite character. You should just keep going. It's you. Dude, you're on the a references roll. to gaming, <laughs> the fact he invented the cones of Dunshear and loves tabletop gaming, the whole stop motion animation with the stand in them, and then that was like he go like his depression. There's this whole sequence with Ben where he loses his job and he's super depressed, and he just throws himself into this stop motion animation thing that he's and it he just shows him. Made this oh, he thinks he's made this masterpiece. He's talking to the camera, his monologues of the camera, just like man, this is, and then. Chris, the played by Rob Lowe, comes over and he's like worried about him and, and <laughs> the way Ben sits him down and he's just like, hold your fucking pants because you're about to see. And it's <laughs> it's literally just a little Ben, Clay Ben dog getting up out of bed and turning once. Set to the very start of that song by Aria, stand in the place that you, and then it cuts off and he's like, it's like three seconds. That's all there is? I've spent the last two weeks like yeah. and just the way that they he plays it up and 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 it's just there's too many touchstones, relatable touchstones with Ben, the way he interacts with women, his freaked out way of of anxiety way of approaching just like a random group of people, police, right? Just it's just. Oh, him and the police is just top it's to great. bottom, Amazing. bro. Bro, he'll like throw a bro in out of nowhere. <laughs> like, and and even it, like I remember this one scene. Well, he, in the, he goes to the cop dinner. And he's standing outside the bathroom because he has to pee, and he's just tell them all that he, he has this phobia of police, and he does <laughs> yeah. nothing to break the law. One of my my favorite examples of that was it, <laughs> Leslie was doing a talk to camera in a parking lot. And they had just got done with some police stuff, but Ben was in the car, like way in the background, and a cop just happens to walk, like again, way just far enough in the background where if you're just staring at Leslie, you don't notice any of that. Right, but the cop walks by, and Ben just goes, oh, oh and like he flails his <laughs> arms and, and bends down, and then puts it up like it's just a sight gag that you could miss. Yeah. But it's just like well, again, it's thinking about every little square inch of that. Th- of and that that's show. that's what it's fan service. It's a fan service show in the best way possible. The Office did that a lot. Things that show up on Reddit that I just never saw. Like the there's a whole St. Patrick's Day episode of The Office where uh, Joe wouldn't let him leave early, but everyone was all dressed in green and all ready for St. Patrick's Day to go out drinking. The water in the cooler, like the water machine, mm-hmm. was green that day but you, well you because you gotta s- figure they're in an actual building and those people lived in that yeah. fucking building for like a decade i bet you the little universes they concocted on their desks 
and, and there's just so many Easter eggs in each of these shows. You like, don't get that kind of immerse. That's and that's here. There, that's that's kind of like a major thing with The Office and Parks and Rec, yeah. and a normal sitcom that's on a set. Right, a set's a set. The, they lived in these like like uh, now now the Parks and Rec, The Office. That's a set. Yeah, but. The way that it was, it's four walls generally. Yeah. It's the way it's constructed and the way that, that they then film. Because. It just makes it feel. Because they don't have to leave the fourth wall down for the audience. It just feels warmer. It's just, it's it's a contained space that they can control. And they don't have to break it's down. Great. Yeah. Uh, so, Taylor, do you have a favorite character? But yeah, I've been one. I'll go. Oh go ahead. Ron Swanson. I mean, it, like, let me just preface all of this by it's saying very difficult. every character on this show is fucking great. Yeah. All the secondary characters on the show are fucking great. Tammy 1 and 2. <laughs> I, I like Ron's, Councilman, Councilman Jam. Jam Councilman funny. Jam. <laughs> I mean, you got it. He's like a minor character. Fucking, but. Um, uh, God, I'm, I, can't, I can't. The the fucking Sweetums lady. Yeah, or or uh, Eris lady, Paul Rudd, the the, the Sweetums. Uh, oh, the fucking Jason Manzukis' character that plays the 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 um, perfume guy. Oh yeah, what's his name? There's so uh, many uh, Weinstein we- or something. Ooh, that's close. Weinstein. Um, you know, I don't think it's interesting Weinstein. last name there. <laughs> but fuck, man. Up until a couple of years ago, Louis C.K.'s cop character. Oh. No, I just I love every scene with Ron. And just his whole, whole well, the whole attitude. mythos, the whole mythos yeah. of Ron. Just it's like too many. But like, what, remember the snake juice episode when Ron gets drunk and dances with the little hat on? <laughs> God damn, I can watch a jit. Just he a didn't. Jit. He didn't want to drink it at first. Right. But it's like goddamn good drink. He liked it. <laughs> it's like seventy. That was drink was like seventy percent or like forty percent alcohol. He liked, he liked snake juice. Um, that it, like, but that's a that's the, a thing with this fucking show. It it just like we say about Star Trek. The little pairings of people, like the relationship between Tom and Ron, right? Where Ron kind of mentored oh, yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. right? The relationship between Leslie and Andy, where she wanted this the best for Andy. The relationship between April and 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 Leslie. Ah, oh, the relationship between Donna and Leslie. April and Anne, like and Anne. a weird Just thing. Ron, Ron and Anne. Dennis Feinstein. Dennis Feinstein. Yeah. He was just so evil. I loved it. <laughs> like, Another guy, like, the, I, I can literally, he, like, list, like, ten people on this show that were a part of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And he was only in four Theater. episodes. Feinstein was only in four episodes, but he's such a memorable character. And Everything. Jason Manzukis is incredible. But that, I love Jason No, I'm Manzukas. just saying, like, all the characters, a lot of the characters, they did that well. Where they're only in, like, three or four episodes, but you remember them. They were. A lot of the side characters were hilarious. And it happened many, many times where they did that and... Made me happy. Uh, Ralphio, side character. Ben Schwartz. Funny. Yeah. I mean, I laughed my ass. So that's the thing. By the way, I still haven't technically picked. And the problem for me is there's a part of me that wants to say Tom. Right. Because I always, he's always fun on screen. Yeah. Every, throughout the whole show. And he does have his little moments like Evan was talking about earlier. But then I relate way more to Ben. And I laugh at a lot of the things Ben does because I relate to how he interacts with other people a lot. I just think Ron, after you answer, Ron, I have a good question. I think Ron was written so well, though. Like he he's just such a strong like 
you know, silent, strong character just on the surface. Who? But he's got a lot of like layers. Excluding oh, yeah. excluding the main characters, who is your favorite secondary or tertiary character? John Ralphio. John Ralphio. <laughs> Actually, the entire family. John Ralphio. Uh, his sister and yeah. his dad. And his dad, his dad, freaking played the by fonts. played by fucking Henry Winkler. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and the the daughter played by Jenny Slate. Money, please. <laughs> like it's this these two adult children played by. Okay, so Ben Schwartz, who plays John Ralphio, is one of the funniest people on the planet. Uh, you know Thomas Middleditch from um, Silicon Valley, the lead guy in Silicon Valley. Justin. Oh, sorry, what? You know Thomas Middleditch, the guy that's the lead in Silicon Valley? Yeah. yeah. Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz are like best buddies and came up in the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater together. And they are touring right now with their like two-man show. They are so fucking funny. It's just Google YouTube Ben Schwartz, Thomas Middleditch and just laugh your balls off because they're they're so fucking funny. I mean, it's it's amazing these... You know, the main characters were in, you know, almost every episode, 120. And then, you know, of course, when Adam Scott and Rob Lowe came in, it was like 77 episodes. But every other character was in like 30 or less episodes. Yeah. And um, I mean, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with Councilman Jam. <laughs> <laughs> he is a second, probably for me. Yeah. <laughs> I just enjoy that sort of ridiculous it, I think, and on those like, characters. The funny, connect, the, funny stuff. Like even John Ralphio, like the little the the it, the his relationships with certain people. Of course, I love when John Ralphio is hanging out with Tom. But like anything, John Ralphio and Tom, especially uh, Entertainment Seven Twenty, <laughs> yeah. when they form their yeah. their like Tom Haverford, played by Aziz Ansari, is always kind of looking for the the next thing. the next thing That's to be a big successful him. businessman. Yeah. He, he idolizes Kanye and fucking you know Mark Cuban and all these rich yeah. Famous people, and he, you know, so he's always trying stuff. So he and the and the idiot, his idiot friend Jean Ralphio, <laughs> played by Ben Schwartz, start this 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 company called Entertainment Seven Twenty that lasts for a bunch of episodes, but it they don't do anything. Right, their office is just a where this giant white warehouse filled with just, like a rapper just like sneezed, and that, that's what happened. You know what I mean? And pooped out yeah. a building. They don't they have like and, NBA they, that, players playing basketball, basketball players just hanging out. <laughs> the only thing that they kind of do is promote. Yeah, right. but like my favorite when they promote like Leslie's campaign, they fuck it up and make it all about Tom. Yeah, they make or it all when, about Entertainment Seven Twenty. Like they promote themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep laughing. I just keep thinking of stuff. When when then Tom begs Ben to come be accountant for them, Entertainment 720, and they leave yeah, Ben yeah. through their fucking that was great their fucking office and his face, the facial acting that Adam Scott does, where he's just like, oh oh my god, oh my god, like. So man. One of my favorite things with John Ralphio is oh. whenever he met your favorite character, Justin. Oh, Ron Swanson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom in- introduces him. Let me tell you something, Ronnie. I'm going to do it. And he's just like, get out. <laughs> he doesn't even shake. When they shake gotcha. hands, he just kind of touches Ron's hand. And Ron's just like, if you pick up on it, watch his face yeah. in that scene. Like, just that. That and the, the acting, like the facials and the like non-verbal stuff that people in that show do. 
Um, he's, he's just, just disgusted by the fact he doesn't want to shake his hand firmly. <laughs> but like, in the best way I can put it is they develop like mythos for characters, right. like the, yeah. like cartoon characters or something. Especially with Ron, he has this. Bl- okay, every major <laughs> his mom's name is Tammy. Both of his wife's names are Tammy. Yeah. His ex wives. His Tammy too. Who's the first one you meet is played by his actual wife, Megan Mullally. The librarian from, yeah. from who Megan Mullally, who you probably know from like Will and Grace. Yeah. She's actually really funny she, those episodes. They're they're she's, she's so funny. Insane. She's funny, period. Right. Yeah. Uh, Megan Mullally's off the wire. I love it when funny. Tom Tom gets with her for revenge for Ron going out with Tom's ex wife. <laughs> and then Tammy's like all over Tom and Tom is like Who plays shit, Tammy one? It's an and the name actress. She was in she was okay. She was the warden's wife in the Green Mile. Yeah, like this real. And then when you meet his first wife, who's like way older than him, and it's this real like Oscar-winning actress type wife. Right. I don't know if she's actually one, but like type actress. And she just hello, Ron, and he's just terrified of her. And it's and he's he's a libertarian, but he's so he's not really in line. With, but it, he's it, his politics are kind of his own. But he's definitely kind of more. He always bucks Leslie, and but it's a, he's very fair, and he's very, you know, and and Nick Offerman is so much of him is in that character. He's obviously a very very liberal guy, but right. he is a word worker. Like Nick Offerman has a wood shop and makes beautiful furniture. And Patricia stuff. Clarkson, Patricia Clarkson, uh, playing Damian one. But Nick Offerman, he's a fascinating guy. I think Ron's character, his libertarianism on the show, it comes out multiple times, but it never comes out in a really snarky way. Well, they they He's, use the he, show to poke fun. They use Leslie and Ron to poke. They use Leslie to poke fun at liberals, and they use Ron to poke fun at conservatives. Right. In a little way, like when when uh when um Ben, it's either Ben and Chris goes to Ron's shop, and there's just just <laughs> violation after no violation. Code. It's no. Brandanowitz. It is Brandanowitz. Yeah. And 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 and, and you kind of see the folly in Ron's ways. <laughs> right. It's it's just a great story. One of my fa- other performed favorite. by really really funny improvisational comedians. One of my other favorite characters is Perd Perd Happily. Perd Happily here <laughs> to say to you that I <laughs> here yeah to give a news report <laughs> here on the news. <laughs> I show. also like I also Heard like happened. the the lady that does the morning, the talk lady from show. Mad TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do a good job, and the way that she and Tom interacts too, like Tom's always Tom! just making. Yeah, <laughs> what's her hilarious. name? What's the character's name? <laughs> Fuck. Oh uh, my god. Supposed to have the characters up. I do have them up. I she's uh, there's just so many characters. It's is funny. her name Joan? Joan Calamezzo. Yeah, played by uh, Mo, Mo Collins. Collins off of fucking funny TV. Uh, like there's so many side. That's the thing that it's a strong show from the ground up. It's really hard to to argue with it. Um, lots of talented cast members. Funny, just, funny people. Yeah, some of Perd's quotes are just they 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 catch you off guard because they're so. Obvious. Okay, what, I mean? what what would y'all say to the people that are that say that Parks and Rec is just ripping the Office off? It didn't do anything innovative because it just copied the model of the Office, and it didn't I add anything. To that the- would be true about the first maybe season, but 
After that, it, they it they take, find their own thing. Like yeah. we were, I don't, it's I, still docu. It's still a documentary. I think style, we said though. this on off. And it's, it's my, copy. Off it my, would be like How I Met Your Mother. We discussed Co- How I Met Your Mother. Two. We discussed it off mic. Right, we're doing it again. How I we met discussed uh, the camera thing and how they the, the yeah we said that before we started recording. Uh, like The Office, obviously with the later seasons, there was an acknowledgement of the cameras more. Like there was always more acknowledgement. Parks and in the Rec office. after season two on. They were cameras and they were talking to them, but there was no acknowledgement. It, it was they weren't quote unquote there. Yeah. It was just kind of an interviewee beats that they followed. Like there was no there was no like so in there the was office no, fairly early on in the no, office they acknowledged that there was a document. I think even when they described the show, it's do- a documentary team at a paper company. Well, With Parks and Rec, there was no mention of any documentary. They didn't no try to. They didn't of, try to explain. The office yeah, felt they, like they, they just, had to explain what they did what the with the Parks and Rec. Was. They just they just. That would be like that would be like a, a a sitcom explaining why there's people clapping in the audience. Yeah. Just just let it be. People what, are fun. One of my favorite things about like my favorite running jokes that was in the office was when things would get chaotic and they were like panicking and running around, like the camera would be in the way. He'd back up. Like yeah. you'd see Kevin trying to avoid it, like trying not to hit him, like when he's running through a room or something. You know, he's just or Michael. There wasn't a lot of that with with the box no. and wreck at all. It's it's like the camera wasn't there. I'm sorry, I have to retract that analogy. So just for my own satisfaction, when I listen to this, because I don't actually, I think that's a weak analogy. The because the the cameras play a more the clapping's there. How do y'all interpret that? Like the clapping sitcom, the live audience. Well, because they have to pause for jokes they pause stuff, for it, but they don't look at the audience and nod and say that right. was funny. Like the the documentary style, they'll nod at the camera and they'll not like Evan said. But yeah, Parks and Rec definitely moved. So that criticism, y'all reject it. Y'all don't think it's just a no, copy no. of the. It's office. absolutely not. No. At, at first, yes. isn't that what? You, but whenever and the I, first season really does feel like it's following around Leslie, the the you know Leslie. Whenever I, I saw they dropped it real the quick. preview for it. That's what I thought. Yeah. And that's why I didn't watch it right away. I was like, oh, so she's just going to copy The Office. Yeah, See, I, I, wa- I watched it sight unseen because of the people involved. I was just like, oh, like every funny person I can think of is in this fucking show. But I, I just brought it up because I think that might be what some people are thinking when they're listening is it's it's just, and they've seen little clips of it and they've never watched it. Oh, that's just a ripoff of The yeah. Office. It's not. It's a totally different story, totally different characters. The only thing that's the same. Different kind of humor completely. Yeah. But, the only thing that's the same really is the form. It, it, it's just documentary style. And as Evan said, they even sort of fa- semi-phase it out. Right. I mean, they still. It's there, but it's it's definitely They still look not, at the camera. I mean, Tom obviously does. Right. But so his reactions towards the camera are what's part of what's great about him. The smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like Ben. Ben's looks at the cameras whenever he's yeah. just like, "What?" <laughs> His looks like that are great. Yeah, yeah it's you know? kind of like or the when, gym when Leslie, yeah. like a running gag in the shows that every birthday and every Christmas, Leslie just outgifts everybody and gets everybody the perfect gift. And it was Ben was like, "I'm gonna try and get Leslie the best gift," but in the end, she gets him the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones, yeah. and he makes this face so that he looks at the camera. He's just, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and and he just and again one of those things where I'm just like god damn fucking Ben shit alright now it's time for our Doggett award John Do- is John Doggett here did he uh, I'm drunk hey. man I've been drinking 
Oh yeah, you, whiskey, brother. Yeah, we gotta talk about to get him into oh, some sort of therapy. Uh, yeah. I live in a closet. Damn it! Oh, so, my life is falling apart. I haven't had a working acting job in so long, man. I don't. I'm just not even an invitation to Robert Patrick anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. What it sounds you? a little like Cosby. <laughs> What's I, don't, that, I, don't, I don't want Cosby on the show. What about Scorpion? Are you still doing Scorpion on CBS? I don't know if that show's still on, man. <laughs> drunk drunk Robert know. Patrick. <laughs> I'm John Doggett. Or am I Robert Patrick? I don't even know who I am. <laughs> I'm uh, going to go die. We've, we've tainted his identity. He doesn't know who he I'm is so anymore. confused. We're going to have to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Who's your Doggett? At this point, I would be hard pressed not to say Louis C.K.'s character because I and, and I honestly liked it in the beginning because it was one one of the more kind of cringy, awkward, right things, and I liked it. It was a it was kind of a cool, but but now I don't like looking at his face. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> and, and now, and, and for, on a true like, I don't like seeing it's what it's it it's what makes me go, oh man, yeah, Parks and Rec, damn it, like. The fact that something about that show and someone on it a good point. fucked it up that bad in their life that makes me go, Ugh, right, he's on the show. Like it it He's not a likable character in the show anyway. So it's a you know But that's the point. He's it's supposed to show like But what about a Z uh what's his name? Uh Tom's how do you pronounce his name? He well, it's too complete. I know, Louis but, CK but jerked he, off naked in front of a bunch of women but, without their consent. But he Aziz also did nothing. But Aziz he did nothing, well, and it was according that to according nothing. to that lady, he did. But the late no, the lady. It came out that the woman, you know, there was criticism on it. it, it there was nothing. It was it. You know, there is a degree of you know not everyone. She could that, have been being true. I read her thing, so I think this is a digression. I, but I think I she. Think was, I just bring it up because maybe some people. Are thinking, well, they always bring up this stuff and they're going to ignore him to a lesser extent. Yeah, even him. Like, I don't. So want we, to... so we as a club probably pretty much draw a line and say that you know what, if you have a bad date, you don't get to ruin somebody's like, I'm, I'm sorry, career over but, that. Yeah, but but Louis C.K. fucked up. Well, Louis C.K. is totally different. Like you said, he's it's asking women sociopath. if he could masturbate in front of them, and they would say, yeah. And, and but they were like, they he, felt pressured to he, say yeah, and, and this, then they were like, "What the fuck?" This Louis is fucked C.K. Up. has started coming back to do comedy. You know, he's doing comedy again. He's yeah, isn't he going off a cl- like he, really, really? This is a joke. He, this is a joke he told at a comedy club recently, and I'm going to paraphrase. He was uh, talking about uh, Parkland shooting survivors. He said uh, again, paraphrasing that the Parkland shooting survivors aren't special; they're just. Famous because they shoved a fat kid in the way of the book. You know, real tasteless, mean, unfunny joke that everyone kind of went, ah. He's just going off the rails. Bleh. And and I that's listen, what everybody's thinking. When and you I, get, I like get mean like fucked that, up that humor. Mean. I like I like you know the, the but there's like he was really that wasn't funny. he was really funny though. Let's not kid ourselves. He was Very, really funny. Yeah. I he think would he, make I me think laugh all of this shit until I couldn't. St- laugh anymore i'm taking that as an indication that all of this shit it fucked up his mojo i think he's i think he's done so even if he tries he's to come d- back he's, he's done. done he need, he's he done. needs to be done yeah. he's done and he made he made a mark it's like he I'm was sorry, funny buddy, as hell you, but you you were gonna be one of the greatest of all time and then you just fucked it up because you're crazy like you let your crazy you need crazy to be that kind of an artist but you can't do that sorry no. buddy 
you know, there's and there's a lot of comedians are going to take your place, and maybe you're going to be forgotten. You're going to be that. Oh, that's real sad. He was funny. Sucks. Here's that funny that guy that masturbated in front of women. Yeah, that's what all people are going to like. That's because like Bill Cosby, his entire body work, all anybody's ever going to go to go. Oh, he's a monster. He's a monster. Although Bill Cosby's even, I would put him even. He's a rape monster. Yeah, he he. There's a. Louis C.K. is definitely way in the wrong. He's definitely creepy and all these other things, but that's still not the no, same. Not the on same a, that's not like nearly on the Weinstein. Yeah, it's not on a Weinstein But yeah, level, see, the fact that we Cosby. even, that our positive Parks and Rec episode veers to this shows why Louis C.K.'s cop character that and I And I'm just going to have to second I have to second it because the, it, it's just a weird bread stamp on the face of an otherwise he is a stain. He's a stain now on comedy. He's not a the things good, he's touched because yeah. he especially on Parks and Rec because Parks and Rec is a very positive show, very uplifting show. But I can't. I'm like Evan. I can't look at him, and all I can think about is I read you know four articles about what a creepy what is. a creepy is, and I'm like that's all I can think about. Yeah, he can't come back from that. No, I'll always that doesn't mean. I have gone back. There are some stuff I've watched and I've laughed at again, and I'm okay with that in a sense. But I'm not going to give him. It's going he, to. He's done. Yeah. He's done. I, I, we these big declarations of they're done or this person's done. I'm not. I don't want to because who fucking knows? Hulk Hogan was on Raw the other night. Right. Talking no, he about, could. He could come so back. I, in my opinion, just, I'm just saying. For me, I'm done with him. I'm having maybe 15, 20 years from now if he's still a, if he's still alive and doing it. Yeah. But. Right now, it might. It's going to take a long time. Or, or him doing something that makes changes, up for it. changes him. His that's I'm saying anything can happen. So being like he's done. I mean, that's a pointless thing because we. I don't know. I don't really. I, he could. He could come back and fix. It'd everything. be really hard for that to happen, though. You acknowledge that it can, though. You're pretty much saying though that he's done for now with you. Yeah. Yeah. Something has to change fundamentally. Something has to change fundamentally yeah. for him to rectify to come back. You know, and de- so far, de- so far, all, all he's events, doing is so far, like you said, his comedy instead is going off the rails of think people of it, like he's think of it like um, all of these Weinstein cases, all these Me Too movement things. Think of it like like a meteor shower. There's some big ones that bury themselves in the dirt and they're never getting out. Like Cosby and Weinstein are the they're perfect they are, examples. They are, they're criminal, done. They are done. They are criminal monsters. And then you have little like like just somebody who. A little meteor that just went, and it's buried a little deep. But you know what? Maybe it, it's going to work. After you give it enough time, maybe it, uh, good behavior, it works its way out. Like, I just don't think Louis C.K. is buried irreparably. He, he he's, he's not doing himself any fucking favors with unfunny jokes about kids that are being shot at. So he's definitely like, further along. Way to read the room, like that, Louis. That, that spectrum, Christ. though, he's yeah. definitely... He's not over there with Weinstein, not even close. But no. he's also not innocent. Right. He's in the weird spot. Yeah. So well, I don't and, know. And, and if you're talking to Aziz and Zari, it's not even a blip. It, it was an, Aziz it was an unfortunate. Zari, but Aziz and Zari, James Franco, Chris all, Hardwick. Well, yeah, you got a lot of these cases that make my scratch my head a little bit. Now James Franco, yeah, I don't know. I read a thing. It seemed like he's probably a creep. I don't know. What do you think? James Franco? I haven't heard anything about it. There are a lot of creeps. I don't know. Like, like, are we... That's the thing. Am I supposed to hate James Franco? Am I supposed to hate these men that are a little bit... Maybe... It's just... Have done some I, sexual hate, stuff that are probably push, a little ha- pushy? Life's too short to hate somebody when you're not... I feel like, though, that I'm excusing it then, you know? 
Because if James Franco groped some women or something, and what am I supposed to say? That's cool. If it messed with that no, person, you, you make it clear that that you don't enjoy that. You, 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 <laughs> okay, you this, yourself this is, and you ha- Justin, you have to say Louis C.K.'s character. I know I can't say my dog it anymore because well, well, it, how could you make it? an argument that anyone else is a dog it after what he's done to this because conversation? I I can separate who a person is by the job they do. I can in, a certain say, in some respects. I that's but I just don't hate any. I don't hate anybody. I fucking I don't hate Louis C.K. No, I'm I'm talking. If we're talking about I just in the context of the show and his character that he played, if this hadn't happened, would he be your dog? It no, no. Well, that's that's all we're that's all we're going at. You're talking though. about the Tom Cruise effect. How yeah. you separate the cra- the the fact that he's a crazy the art from cultist. The artist. From you know how much more I'd like Tom Cruise if he wasn't a fucking... See, Evan, I think daughter. Evan does it more than us two. Evan always takes into... And not just about the uh, the act the actor in real life, but also Evan, li- the fans. Yeah. He'll bring up the fans that he doesn't like the Rick and Morty fans, or he doesn't... And I don't take away from shows that much for that. Right. Especially the fans. Now, the char- that where may I, I might differ with Justin is I might be a little more Evan-ish with... Like, I can't separate... Louis C.K. entirely from that little side creepy side character like, he did like, on listen, Parks and Rec. I, it's hard for me. What to he do that. did was creepy enough. It bothered me. It bothered me because I don't like the idea of somebody doing that to women and to anybody. And and I Parks and Rec is such a such one a one thing for me. It's a it's it's a feeling. And and I'm it's like I get this feeling and then right at the height of that feeling, there's this weird reminder of this real problem that's just other doing otherwise like a character I, I kind of like I enjoyed the little like awkward break that he provided it wasn't sweet it was kind of weird and like you but in his awkwardness with approaching her I kind of related to the way I talked to women yeah, a little right. bit just being charmingly dumb and a little clueless as to what you're supposed to do or what your end goal is as far as meeting somebody and she was and the same way too she was like it was, it was, especially for people our age, you know, they're all a little older than us, but just an older person dating and just figuring out what the fuck you're supposed yeah. to do and what to say. Right. And, and, and so I loved Louis C.K.'s bit part on, because I like, I liked their, like when she wrote along with him, I liked the episode with the, the little kid that was pranking him and they were trying to find him. And I, all of Louis C.K.'s stuff I liked on there, but now when I look at it, I'm just like, yeah. Because he's fucked it up so bad. And I'm just like, this is very disappointing. And I don't want this weird reminder. Because he's so him. You can't look past him. He's just fucking red-headed. He's not not trying to be somebody else in that character. So it's just a weird signpost that's now created in the middle of the show. Let's pretend. But who were you going to say? Yeah, let's. Justin needs to pick by his own principles, not by ours. Shauna Mulway tweet. Like, I just That's not a bad one. I did not enjoy her in any scene on the she show. She had no. Funny, she was the reporter. She had no funny bits at the beginning of the show. She was the reporter for the. She had. She she was the she, one that was talking was, to Ben. Yeah, yeah. She and just, it was making Leslie all jealous. She was just a uh, character, a two D character that other characters could bounce yeah. ideas off of. That's all she was. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That was a weak character. Yeah. I think there was uh, a little bit of Anne Perkins. Um, in the I would, yeah, in the, I, in out the of absence, the main cast, if I had to pick someone off the main cast, Anne was just a, sort of a device that other I don't, people used for jokes. That's how I feel about her too. I'm, I don't hate her, yeah. and I'm not saying she did a terrible job. And there were 
but she never. I never felt like she, never she was responsible. She wasn't responsible for me laughing. Right. She was a prop right. character for Leslie and Ron and April and like because inevitably it was April didn't like her. Leslie liked her too much. Donna was hot and cold on her. Ron tried to forget her name. Like everyone had their own little and Andy was his the ex. So there was gags to play with everybody. I liked Rashida Jones more in Parks and Rec than I did The Office, though. Oh, yeah. I like I Rashida Jones more than I like anything Rashida Jones has done. I just think she's nice. <laughs> she's, a nice she's a really nice, well-spoken lady. <laughs> well, so, da- so basically, daughter, you, you, daughter you, of Quincy Jones. You don't like her work. <laughs> I, she's just, I like her. I just don't just like her there. work. Yeah. She's just kind of there. She is, and she's always there. She's the there character. Right. She's adequate. Yeah. She's par. She's par. Yeah. She's not terrible. And now the other, uh, uh, what about um, uh, what's his name that we were talking? Did we ever about? go through around uh, and say our favorite uh, secondary Mark. characters? Mark. Mark left the show like we were talking about earlier. I w- um. Paul, uh, yeah, we, we, we well, like I want to make mention of the would he would he qualify as almost a dog it for y'all? Yeah, you said you said a John Ralphio. Well, I, I like John Ralphio, but I also like I I want to make because I don't know how else to mention it the the the, the dog catcher guys. I love <laughs> yeah. them in every scene. Harris Whittles and the, whoever yeah. the black guy is, they're good. Like disgusting, so yeah. funny. <laughs> the two stoner dudes. Just, well, I love when they fired him, and then they were hiring like interviewing more people for the and they were like control. oh this is that job like that <laughs> shit was so funny they were the most qualified of all the applicants like yeah. that was so funny yeah. and you know and the white guys like i i told you all off mike his, his name was harris whittles he was a stand-up and an improv guy in that group of amy poehler right. and all those people and the la comedians and he he had <laughs> he just he died yeah it, it sucks sad. really sad yeah, I remember. I remember when the news came out, and I didn't know who he was. Then you kind of figure out who he is, and you're like, "Oh, well, that's actually, a fucking shame. I didn't know until you told me tonight that that was that guy. Yeah, like, I've watched the show three times. He he did he did a lot of really funny stuff on Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, and and yeah, he was had podcasts and stuff. He was you know real modern, alternative podcasty comedian. You know, like all the people I like. It was just real stupid. So should we go to the uh, research analyst? Garbage out of ten. No, uh, <laughs> it's beloved. Everybody likes it. All the seasons, and it gets progressively better. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so we'll just. I got IMDb up. Uh, it's a classic. It's uh, how we haven't even. You know what? I was just thinking. We haven't even talked about this show aired two thousand nine to two thousand fifteen. I don't think we ever talked about that. Yeah. When it aired, it started airing at the end of the seasons of The Office, I believe. It was towards maybe, the third of the last season yeah, of The Office I would or say, something. Yeah, like maybe three quarters of the way through. Yeah, and I started seeing ads for the first season, and I was completely uninterested. Right. Anyway, um, because Amy Poehler's funny, and I liked her on SNL somewhat, but I didn't feel she was talented enough oh, she's to go off on her own, and I was dead wrong. She's super That's how I felt back the then. The office ran from 2005 to 2013. She got a blank check and she hired all of her friends. So it was actually like season four or five that it started. 120, yes. 125 episodes, seven seasons. As we said, Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope is going to be seen as the... Originally the main character. The like eventually it became more of an ensemble and Ron had... Yeah, I get all that. Um, A lot of talented people, seven seasons. Uh... You know, <laughs> I got nothing up here right now. <laughs> okay, reception. 
So basically, it looks like um, interesting. Actually, the 2009 the 10 season of NBC's Parks and Rec, which followed a lukewarm six episode run in the spring of 2009, it was probably the most impressive comeback in the history of broadcast comedy. In a single season, it went from a show that was widely shrugged off as the product of talented people in the wrong project to one that made many, many lists of the best shows of the year. As a retool between that that season one, New one York two? magazine. That was one to two? Uh, it premiered when? When did I say 2000? Yeah, that would have been one and two. Yeah. yeah. Those are in that, that is the argument there that I originally made is those. I feel those first two seasons, especially season one, yeah. really rough around the edges. Uh, it hadn't found its groove. But, uh, yeah, so it mentions here that it is the uh, – it, it, it basically, many focus group members felt the show was a carbon copy of The Office. Some found it predictable, slow-paced, and lacking in character and development. Others said the show lacked strong male characters, particularly a dateable lead. <laughs> These are criticisms of the first couple seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Brandano hey, was not that guy. Nick Offerman's dateable as shit. Sure insisted that the pilot had been completely re-edited at Nick least Offerman. four times since the focus groups des- described in the report were held. So it had a terrible reception. Yeah, first season, uh, basically, people thought it fell flat. It was for it was six, just, six episodes. It, it was just an office copy, and it sucked. Uh, it actually got mixed Metacritic reviews for that first season. It was about fifty-eight. Yeah. Uh, many critics said this series was too similar to The Office, and several commentators said Leslie Nope too closely resembled Michael Scott and Dimwit, the dim-witted protagonist of The Office. Some critics said the show's characters and overall tone were too mean-spirited in the early episodes. Mm-hmm. And although reviewers praised various cast members in individual episodes, some said that the supporting characters in general needed to be more fully developed and provided with better material. Man, they lived up to those criticisms. They were like, I mean, they they redeemed every one of those criticisms. The season finale rock show received far better reviews with several commentators declaring Parks and Rec and finally found the right tone. So early on, they were having trouble. Uh, season two got a 71 Metacritic. Uh... Basically, that's when they started, in my opinion, to find find where they needed to go. Several reviewers called the second season one of the most impressive comebacks comebacks in television history. So, for even from those first six, to, yeah, to season two. I mean, if you watch the first season, it is not even close to, to the, the quality, yeah. the character development, the comedy, the bye writing. Bye, little Sebastian. I mean, it, yeah, you see, you see figments of it. You see the talent, right? But you don't get it in a cohesive package like you do starting in season two, and especially, in my opinion, into season two, transitioning into season three, when the show fully became one of the best comedies of all time. But uh, that's me talking, not the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So several publications declared the uh, biggest comeback. Uh, in television history for comedy. Um, you trade your legs for angels' ways. And once we've all said goodbye, you take a running leap and you learn to fly. Little 
Michael Sebastian. Miss you um, He's he's a miniature horse that's like a really old, and like everyone in town and everyone on the show just loses their minds for little Sebastian, but except for Ben, who doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. So like even Ron gets all like giggly and excited about little Sebastian, and then when little Sebastian passes away, hence the song. Oh, everyone just it's this big thing, and everyone's crying, and Ben's just like shrugging and camera like I don't get it. I don't. It's another one of those funny fucking. Just a little side and another catchy song. Like Nick Nick Offerman received particularly strong praise for his minimalist and understated performance as Ron Swanson, who many consider the show's breakout character. Oh, without a doubt. It By made, the end of the Nick second Offerman season, the character had taken on a cult status. Um, He's a meme. I mean, Ron is just the ratings. Are y'all curious about the ratings? Is anybody curious? Oh no. shit, we're getting emails and tweets coming in. <laughs> Live, live, live here on the, the Empire in the Information the Center. Lit up. They're lit up. They want to know what here the, the audience is. Here we are in the Action Center. We've got all sorts of uh, calls and emails and faxes coming in every Tons minute here. The phones are lit uh, up. We're, we're by the phone. If you need to call in, if you want to get your voice heard, that's it's it's five five five. Five 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 five. Oh oh oh! Zed on. Now we're going to listen to what they got to say. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, that was silly. But yeah, uh, <laughs> season uh, one. Y'all want the premiere? Of the, uh, premiere of the, oh, no. Here we go. Average. Season one, six million. Season two, 4.6 million. Three, 5.1, four, 4.4, 4. 5, 4.06. So it had a that's well, a solid by the way, that's pretty good. A round right? rally should be good. Seven. I mean we've seen network shows do better. Obviously. It seems it like it was very critically acclaimed, so they kept it around. They, it was a joke at first. They probably thought about canceling it, right? I'm, but they didn't because they got six million average viewers. So they were like, well, "We got to ratings aren't that good. We got to figure out what the hell." So uh, Rotten Tomatoes first season consensus: while it has yet to develop its own identity, Parks and Rec's awkward and absurd humor hints at its potential to become a great comedy. Thanks largely to the talents of Amy Poehler, got a sixty-seven percent, two eighty-eight percent, three one hundred percent, four one hundred percent, five. 95% with a consensus finally again. Heartfelt yet hilarious and snarky yet good-natured. Parks and Rec remains one of the best sitcoms around and only continues to improve. Six, 100% consistently buoyed by strong character work and overarching optimism. Parks and Rec remains a charming, fun, and funny half hour to spend with Luzzy and Open Co. And finally, the last season, 100%. Oh, if I remember, I wanna, Park, I'll even say this la- now. La- last one, Parks and Rec... Closing chapter definitely incorporates time skip gags into everyday bureaucracy of Pawnee, all while delivering a moving farewell to a cast of characters and audiences having grown to love like family. By the way, the end of the show, excellent. Oh, yeah, the great last episode. We'll talk about that. But I want our post. I I won't even say it. I want the post. You know, the the one city council meeting where Patton Oswalt comes in and he's uh, a... What's it when somebody talks to waste time in a governmental... 
setting, like they do it in the Senate or whatever. Filibuster. Filibuster. filibuster yeah. When Patton Oswalt came in and filibustered talking about like nerdy stuff like Marvel and Star Wars and it, there's an uncut version of that that's like four minutes long. I want to tack that onto the, I want to look for it and tack it onto the end of the episode. <laughs> He, he he filibustered like they only used a little bit of it yeah, yeah, yeah. for the show he talked for like five minutes <laughs> yeah. it was about like the boba fett and right. thanos and all sorts of shit so i, I would like to play this Just crossing over different universes the, i would yeah. like to play that in its in its entirety as yeah the, i can do that but um, into this episode amy poehler did win a golden globe for the, her portrayal of leslie nope uh, oh yeah i didn't go over the it was nominated for, for emmys and uh but it, it that was the only win, Amy Poehler. For Which is ridiculous. Up. Two and a half men has a bunch bunch of Emmys. That's why the Emmys are useless and stupid. All <laughs> award yeah. shows, like the Golden Globes were apparently recently. I don't care. They're all, all award shows are pointless. And They're all pointless and stupid. Amy Poehler was hosting with Tina Fey when she won the Golden Globe Award. So, pretty cool. No way. Sad news. Parks and Rec have really jumped the shark this season. After uh, watching oh. three episodes and maybe laughing twice each episode, I'm twice, going to, maybe twice. I'm going to find it hard a to even the season. What happened? Did Hi. they did they call the writing staff? Hi, my name is John. Comment section. Yeah, let me tell you a little. Let me drop some truth. All right. Are the, you guys the ready? The characters are terrible. The jokes aren't funny. The it's not funny. The jokes look look as if they were stolen from someone and inserted. Hold on, into hold on. Show. Let me crack my this knuckles. This is a boring show. Let me crack my knuckles. My name is my name is John Comment Section. I'm gonna have myself <laughs> a, have my way with these these mooks. I'm gonna let them know why the thing they like they're wrong and it sucks. And I'm gonna spend a long time writing <laughs> just a paragraph. Like a small I, essay about why this show, this season is disappointing in every way possible. I maybe laughed three and a half times with one small chortle. You know, this w- season four, this is what this guy said. For a show of this caliber, sad it that makes Leslie sad. and Ben have to get together. And I was hoping for Leslie to get a promotion and a whole new group of characters to come in. It makes what? me very sad. Makes me sad. They didn't do this, this one weird way. specific thing <laughs> I wanted to happen that would have come out of the blue, but it didn't. And now I'm gonna K K K. Three out of ten. Free views is the username. Some people just want to be like, <laughs> like I put a loser. I posted. Come on. A really cute picture of me and the girl I'm seeing on Reddit, and it got like 10k upvotes. Well, almost 11. Almost 11. Wow. On 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 our happy. Just it was you know it's on a subreddit about things that making you happy. So you think how many po- negative comments could you possibly get? Oh, quite a few. Uh, I got a private message from someone who now, mind you, my the girl I'm seeing is looks is Hispanic, but vaguely so. And I, of course, am not in yeah. any way, shape, or form. But this person took the time to write a little note to me and private message it to me on Reddit oh, that said, "Hey, hey, you filthy Mexican, you and your <laughs> wow. you filthy Mexicans should go back to your barrio." Nice. That's what, what? we're dealing with. Somebody with some took their time <laughs> out of their day. To to not uh, to to be that negative, tr- trolling a subreddit called Happy. Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> that's I mean, sad. Uh, you go to the Happy subreddit to bring people. Let me down. tell you, trolls, catch your dreams. 
I, I love that Shackle whole episode. I love that whole episode because, a, they they all who's playing the saxophone? Well, they all suck at singing. Like the whole time, they can't get it together, and they're whole trying to get this uh, campaign song for Leslie. And then it's also the one where uh, isn't Aziz out in the rain? Like he's trying to get Anne to go yeah. out with him and stuff. But it's see the running. There's a running gag that plays into that episode where throughout the whole show, random points you realize Ron Swanson, the very reserved, <laughs> quiet, conservative man, is secretly a sexy saxophone player named yeah. Luke Silver. That's and fun. he's got this whole other life. And so when Andy and them are writing this campaign song for Leslie's uh, campaign, they go. He books time at this. You know, studio, re- studio uh, in the town over, and then Ron realizes it's the place where he goes to record his Duke Silver. He's running around the whole episode, flipping posters off the wall, getting April and to help him, getting April because she knows she's because she her mom. Because uh, the only people that like Duke Silver are like middle aged housewives, yeah, older ladies. So like, <laughs> April was like, "I knew who you were the second I interviewed for the job." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, so, but like, so the song is just awful and Andy's struggling and like Ron secretly Records. remasters the song. Yeah. Fucking so good. Playing the sax. Was, and everyone's yeah. like, who's playing the saxophone? And it cuts to Ron kind of looking around like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I was good reading, stuff. I was reading some of this IMDb stuff. And one of the things that this guy pointed out is there's people that negatively review the show real harshly because they are either post season three, two, three show people. And then pre there's some people that this guy's claiming that the show is kind of like two shows in one. Mm -hmm. It's such a jarring transition that, you know, by season three, what the show transforms into with this, like, I think he actually said it pretty well, very simply, but, um, it, he basically, it's about a smart, capable, capable main character who is a bit weird going against a bad system. It's kind of a weird description, but I don't agree with the latter part of it. But the bottom line is eventually Leslie and even the other ensemble, a lot of them are kind of just have weird quirks when they are being successful. Right. And it's more warm and there's not the meanness that you had season one and two as Some much. people are drawn to meanness. That's why The Office, like, there's the people that, that, that rewatch The Office yearly. Well, you know. Because they, they, they need that weird level of kind of snarky bullying. And I, I'm surprised at how many people wrote negative reviews about the show, despite it being one of the most forward comedies of the, wait, the most forward look, wait, most looked forward comedy of the week, sorry. Followed by The Office, Curbs, Sunny in Philadelphia, Peep Show, and Briti- famous British comedy. Le- Leslie Leslie could have easily been like buried by the bureaucracy, but she loved the bureaucracy so much that you know she loved all the the extra the the red tape that you had to cut through and and the paperwork and all this stuff. And that's that's what made her great is that she wanted she just wanted to keep overcoming all the I think the barriers of of government. Leslie was a good character because. She's the type of government worker that you would want yeah. in a way. I mean, not the kind that would spend to the point where the government's bankrupt or anything, right. but Leslie was smart enough later on to where she was competent, not going to do that. Yeah. She knew she was going to do the most good she could. 
with what she had like with what she had yeah. um but she had to learn a little bit on the show yeah. like early in whenever they were cutting the uh they were going to do the government shut they did the government shutdown right. thing and then um they were going to cut the budget that's why chris and ben came in and leslie was freaking out because they but she turned it around yeah. by the government actually promoting events that were revenue positive for the government and i think that's what you would want in a government official as a way to make the government successful right and to make no, it work. the government's garbage. It's a system that doesn't need to exist anymore. Thank you. Goodbye. And I think that that might that sentiment might exist out there, but I think the for go- most part, the most- government. A show about the government. You know what, pal? Take a long walk. Those people still could look to Ron to get their humor about government being crappy and inefficient and and the parks and recreation department is like the he's a clown you couldn't really do a they're all clowns that's the, that that criticism doesn't you shut your mouth like you boy. couldn't have based a show around a better department for this kind of comedy you know what i mean yeah it's 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 pure like what kind of a that socialist mindset it's like we want to provide something that's not going to produce a lot of money but that that they've proven that is a benefit to society, parks, uh, outdoor entertainment, mm-hmm. things that the community can come together. Get you outside. It's nothing but a positive net gain yeah. as far as the happiness and health, but you can't put a price tag on a lot of it. Right. And so it, it becomes, it becomes, becomes this a, gov- odd, a public thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think most people, there's the ultra conservatives and libertarians that don't want any public parks, but I mean, most people are probably fine with because no one's going to make a public no no private industry is going to create a, a a big beautiful open space with trees and stuff. Can you imagine New York City without Central Park? And then you you think about, I mean, the government even to an extent owning a lot of national parks and protecting you know federal land. Wouldn't it be great if we had a president because eventually to protect national parks. Eventually, Wouldn't that you know. Be fun? If you want the Blade Runner future, I mean that's fine. But for me, I would like trees to there to always be forests and yeah. and grass, nice nature still preserved somewhat. Because everywhere we go, it doesn't exist anymore. Right. I'm not trying to be. I'm I'm pro human. I admit. I'm just saying that it's not necessarily terrible. The that new we president protect. of Brazil is going to cut down all the goddamn trees and we build a lot of buildings. What? It's going to be great, Brazil. Viva Chavez. Fred Armisen. <laughs> he was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was... Uh, we, just say uh, it. Just say jail? it. Just say it. Viva Chavez. Oh, it's just words. Just say it. Viva Chavez. <laughs> jail? <laughs> was it, is it uh, jail or arrested? <laughs> jail. Jail. You, 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 ste- you steal a lollipop? Jail. Jail. Fred Armisen's great. Yeah. When we, because one of these days we're going to talk about Portlandia, and I'm going to get you two to watch a little bit of Portlandia. I was wondering. That show's goddamn there, great. There's there's a show being promoted, I think it's on Amazon, with Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. Is, is Portlandia done? Like, is it over? Yeah, it they going? did their last season. Okay. So now I might decide to watch it now that it's done, and I don't have to, like, try to catch up to it. But. I tried watching it once, and I just wasn't in the right mindset, I guess, for it. It's it's a weird show. 
But I guess Portland's weird. Everyone's on their phone. Hello, guys. Are you there? Well, because it's 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 like this <laughs> ethereal kind of sketch show, but like a lot of repeated characters. They just create this world of Portland. Yeah. And they play themselves, but they each all play all these other weird fucking people that it's hard to describe. Yeah. But uh, uh, the guy that plays Cooper in Twin Peaks is the mayor of of Portland. Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. And he's adorable. Cooper. And, and he's in Sorry. the show. He just plays this Cooper. real positive and he's always leaning on, on, on Fred and Carrie to like fix stuff. And they're just like clueless. Yeah. It's wonderful. Portlandia is wonderful. I will watch it. One of these days, we need to get David Lynch back to the show. He was. Oh, and larger. <laughs> now, in my Parks and Rec, uh, Andy dies uh, <laughs> at he and April's wedding. Uh, he has a massive heart attack. Uh, okay, what else? Gosh darn. Uh, Ron ends up being a complete sociopath, and he's keeping Mark Brandanowitz in his basement. <laughs> That's where he went. I uh, had this whole real brutal scene where Mark's leaving the building with all of his stuff, and Ron comes up behind him with a ball peen hammer and knocks him out and drags him into his truck and takes him home. Uh, what else? Gosh darn. Uh, oh, Leslie gets breast cancer. Uh, Donna disappears, and we don't explain it. It's this cool kind of. Oh, she's just not there anymore. Uh, uh, Jerry's entire beautiful family dies in a fire, uh, and he's horribly scarred, but he loves his job, so he keeps coming in as this grim reminder of of the pointlessness of life. Uh, did you did you go over Tom Haverford? Tom's fine. I like Tom. <laughs> Tom gets uh, his stay. But uh, on the last episode, uh, he realizes the emptiness of his materialism and shoots himself in the head. <laughs> It's a real Great. different, real different show, and we end every every yeah. show ends with a musical performance by Trent Reznor <laughs> singing singing about vaginas and stuff. It's a real, real fucking trip. <laughs> and the show is gonna called Parks and I don't know something fucked up like Parks and 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 nails and <laughs> and Parks and nails, <laughs> Parks and dust. <laughs> Well, Bye, everybody. <laughs> it's me, David Lynch. Good to have him back. Good to be here. I'm going to go now. Bye. <laughs> See you, David. We need to remember to do David Lynch more. Yeah. That's a hoot. <laughs> That's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Yelling like that and saying real weird off-kilter things like David Lynch tends to do. That's what he does. He is wont to do that. The series was originally planned as a direct spinoff of The Office. It was later redesigned to keep an original workplace story that would keep the mockumentary. Everything's got to be a spinoff. Everything's got to be a spinning uh, sequel. Who would it have followed from The Office? Did it say? Mm -mm. No. I know know that they were trying to do a pilot for the farm after that one episode uh, where Dwight. They wanted to do. They wanted to do more Dwight. Yeah, that would be Dwight and Angela trying getting used to living on the farm and her cats. And I'm like, nah, dog. I wouldn't watch it. You'd have to change Dwight's character and, and Angela's characters completely. John Ralphio was almost one of Leslie's love interests, but the producers felt he was too young. <laughs> I love Ben Schwartz. That would have been but weird. But then they played on weird. that. They played on that at the very they, end. They did. Yeah. 
because the last episode of this show is glorious. Yeah, I didn't want to give they, too much away. They about go the end of it. through. Wait, wait, wait. I, Let's it's just not going to spoil anything. Okay. Okay. But they go through. You know, they go through the lives of it. You find out what happens to everybody. They kind of flash in forward. The end. They flash forward in a beautiful way, and it's wonderful. Lots of Easter eggs. That's why I like to say this show is very much fan service. The more the show builds, they realize what jokes people like. They realize the characters people like. They leaned on those characters. They leaned on those character traits. And they ended the show exactly the way you'd want. Yeah, it was a perfect ending. It was a perfectly ended show. It correctly predicted that Chicago... Uh, yeah, a lot of the future... A lot of the future <laughs> that they look into, like, they call a lot of things yeah, that ha- ended up happening. The Simpsons did that, too. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So the... Um, actually seasons, there was one of these seasons where she was, uh, Amy Poehler was pregnant and they didn't film six of the 16 episodes of season three were filmed along with the 24 of season two mm-hmm. because Amy Poehler was pregnant. And they, they had, they had to really like hide certain, like show it in certain ways yeah. where you couldn't see. And they did it very well. I yeah. didn't really notice. So, but if you, if you really know when to watch and then what you to can look tell. for, then you can tell, uh, I, I did Last time I watched that, I, I read about that, and I was like, oh, I'm going to see if I can see that. And I, I did see some scenes where she was behind a certain thing, or the camera was just this, you know, on her torso and, and her head. One of the dates that uh, Leslie Nope went out with Justin Therox, Therox, the Thoreau? attorney, Thorough, the attorney, in episode 16, apparently that was Jennifer Aniston's husband the blonde guy and it says that Wait, no jennifer aniston's married to brad pitt right no no that you're ended, way behind that ended a long time <laughs> you're way that's how behind. much evan does not care about jennifer right <laughs> yeah that's been over because brad pitt was married to uh jolie yeah 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 and yeah. then they got into a divorce fight over the kids and right. all that crap i saw the headlines i don't read the articles yeah. but i see the headlines and i'm like oh god yeah um, but they put in the show, Oh, Jennifer Aniston, I, or Jen, I really want you to be happy. And that was a reference to this their guy? marriage. I think he's also in Brooklyn nine, nine. I remember the episode where she was, she dated uh Will Arnett and he was the doctor, right? Remember or he this, took her in. or this guy. I don't know which one it is. It would be whoever. Justin Thoreau. Yeah. That's yeah. Who it is. That's who it yeah, is. The, the, yeah. The guy that she dated. Yeah. Okay. Didn't she go on a date with Will Arnett and he was real creepy and took her yeah. like back to the the hospital? Yeah, which and... was funny because that's her was her husband. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have <laughs> children together. What was the biggest weakness of the show? Season, Their start. Season one. The two. start. Yeah. They didn't know what the show was yet. Did the, did it have any weaknesses post Not really. Season three. I don't think so. No. That's why because I was having trouble finding like without Louis C. K. being Louis C. K. It 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 had so I much had trouble con- thinking of a dog. And I had trouble thinking of any low point. It's a very. It had so much continuity that it didn't feel like there was a lot of filler in the rest of the show. Yeah, it ran quite a few episodes. Yeah. And all the storylines were good. Every character was supported. So everything had- was flawless. Kind of. <laughs> then shouldn't it be higher? No. I, I mean, it's pretty high on our list, guys. For a sitcom, it's number 11 overall. But there's things about the shows above it for me that. That that are just better. I mean, I have it at a, at a nine. Like Twin Peaks, like it's it's up there. David Lynch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my masterpiece, Twin Peaks. It makes no sense. It's so fun. It's right above <laughs> Parks and Rec for all of it. Bravo, Twin Peaks. We still love you. 
We do. Oh, man. I love Twin Peaks, boy. Let me tell you, I like getting high on peyote and just writing the shit out of that weird-ass show. But didn't the network constrain you, sir? Yeah, and a lot of people say that that's what made the show good, and it made what I did on Showtime so goddamn weird and unsettling (laughs) and no fun to watch. Uh, But, uh, you know... In fact, Twin Peaks might take a little hit now that I look back at the new stuff and kind of go, wow, that was creepy and it was good. But I, I honestly I honestly don't know how to judge the rest of Twin Peaks. Like, should, should Taylor Twins, and I just Twin Peaks, keep, keep Twin Peaks like, in no, mind watch where it, it is? Or watch it. No, watch I the still, new stuff. I really feel like Twin Peaks, the Showtime show, is a separate show. It's Twin Peaks The Return. Right. It, They're it two is. different shows. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, when we review Twin Peaks here, it's the old show. Yeah. Is what we're talking about. I would love for y'all to watch the return. I, I plan to, but it's never priority, oddly enough. <laughs> I don't like know. I, mean, I would really, enjoy I I watched it Carl! episode by episode. I would have liked to watch it like as like a little movie. Well, before we venture off too far, uh do you want to change your rating? Anyone? Yeah. Uh, can you I'm sort by me real quick? Uh, I might be moving it above Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Uh, so we got it here. Parks and Rec. Breaking Bad. Twin Peaks right above it. Always Sunny. No, I'm not going to move it anywhere. Because okay. we'll look below it. Yeah. Sopranos, TNG, Supernatural. It it it, it, it belongs. It's good. It good belongs right, right where it's at. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't think any of us are going to change our rating. It's good. It's very good. good. It's good. It's good. It's Hello. Good. Hey. Let me tell you something. It's not no, a bad show. Not, there's not a, bad not a show. way that we're going to fail at this. No way. No way. We have to keep pushing on. I love you. We have to. I love you too. <laughs> we have to keep pushing. I love you too. We have to keep fighting. Got to keep raising our voices. We got to show the people in this country... Who don't want everybody you're to have a, freedom. You're amazing, Obama. Hey, I love you. Thank listen, you. listen. What I'm trying to say is Trump is a butthole. <laughs> yeah! He's a big old dumb butthole. I love Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> need the national anthem. I love you, too. We need the national anthem. Well, on let me thing. tell you yeah, one more like thing. A, I know a factory worker. He lost his health care. Let me tell you a little story. It's not a pleasant one. It's something I, men, Michelle and I talk about it every night. I love you, Obama. I was in. I love you too. I I love you too. I was in Detroit, Michigan. (laughs) Man came up to me and said, Mr. President, I don't have a job. And I said, We're going to fix that. We're going to get out there. We're going to. We're going to change things. You're the best president. I know I am. The rest of them are old uh, or gross. I'm a nice man. Now we got a real president, sir. And uh, you're a wash up. You're going to build your wall. I'm going to build my wall. Build your wall. I'm going to build, yeah. build, build, build the wall. <laughs> I'm about to you wall. You gotta build your wall up, sir. You gotta yeah, build your little wall. Yep, I'm about to wall. <laughs> I got it. You gotta build the wall, sir. I gotta yeah. build it. 
And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's me, the president. I'm, everything's together. I know that there's a lot of vacant cabinet positions and positions around the government, really important ones. But you got to build your wall. Uh, but uh, those people <laughs> in the past, those roles were filled by people that didn't want me to build my wall. Now I have eliminated key figures in the government. I am probably going to declare a state of emergency. You're so free that I have to build a, it, sir. A blank check. Uh, to write to write the wrongs. Sir, here you go. This is a uh, report gonna, we did for five days. It gives you legal authority to declare an emergency to build I the wall without build the, the wall. Congress. I'm gonna build it. <laughs> I'm gonna use the blood of the animals and people. That uh, it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> Sorry, I'm part snake. I'm a snake man. Big fat gross snake. Good. Good. Harry is that you did Yeah, can we can we acknowledge that Voldemort and the Emperor cut from the same jib have cut the same jib? The force is strong with you, Potter. I can feel your anger. Hello there, Luke Luke Skywalker. You won. I am Voldemort. <laughs> Here I am. And now, young Skywalker, you will die. die! <laughs> okay. Renorted so, out for a second. Potter. <laughs> so, uh, Skywalker. Taylor. Yes. What yeah. show are you watching? Uh well actually interestingly we were binging this show this Parks weekend right, yes. by coincidence actually um something she was watching has she watched it before oh yeah okay. she got me into it yeah um with with the help of Evan but yeah I had two directions I was getting hit from but anyway <laughs> uh uh other shows Walking Dead I am watching what was it season eight or something you're not to the that, good part yet. I'm watching war. War. We're back to war. We're still in war. I've been watching War Walking Dead now for over 20 episodes of war. Yeah, with the saviors. Well, it changes. And it's, it's, it changes on the know, dimes. It has, it, it, it's keeping me interested. It has its moments. Uh, rig, per, rig, per, rig, rig, rig. Particularly, little big, little if, big, I, let me. if I may say, Negan is the fucking best. Carl. Believe it or not, Carl this season. Oh, Carl, what did I tell oh, you? Yeah. Carl, what did, what did Carl, we say? Carl is what I want to see more of right now because Carl is the contrast to the war. Right. You're not He's see, saying... You're not going to see much. Well... He knows that. I'm... Everybody's aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, yeah. He is. He's the genesis of what comes next. And I think the part that bugs me is that I'm 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 okay with a lot of it, and I like Negan as a villain. I really do. I mean, if you think I even thought about this today, I'm like, you know what? That whole thing with the prison and the governor, you could get this show without that. Yeah. And just f if they would have jumped straight to Negan, I was thinking, and just skipped the whole governor prison shit, and just because Negan's way better as a villain than the governor. Governor if was you really, a pretty good villain. But here's Negan the thing: is like Negan's way villain. better. Yeah. Villain. I'm gonna make a distinction. Like he was my favorite villain. Now he's just my favorite character. One of my favorite characters. Period. 
He's. I he, like the depth. They're starting to give him depth. So he was in there oh, with Gabriel, and they were trapped right. in the container or yeah. whatever, and all the zombies are outside. The camper. And basically, you know, I was glad because I was like, finally, you just you know, see a little bit. And finally, he I'm asked really them. He asked him, and he talked. He talked about his first wife. You're on the cusp of like some really good shit, like where it starts really getting good. Like I'm excited to see kind of a turn because I know you're gonna like it, and it's gonna turn. I, I, I'm you. sure I, I'm bound to be at the cusp of something. Yeah, because I mean, they can't continue doing this. You can't. They don't. We've so, gone. We've gone through. This, we've gone through this cycle where we do the the prison with the farmhouse where everything was fine for a little bit. Then everything goes to shit. Everything's fine. Everything goes to shit. They lose it again. Now, just the recent episode, you know, Negan's in there burning and blowing up all their houses. Once again, all their shit's getting burned or blown up and they have to leave. And they're in the sewer. And I'm thinking, I've seen this before. I've seen this. Again, just, just so, stick with it. Granted, just don't give up. Granted, interesting character uh, interactions. I have to say that uh, I don't know if I like uh, Eugene as much as Evan does. I he, like his interactions with Negan. That's what I, Evan likes. That's what him. I like. Okay, I don't like any other interaction he does. In yeah. fact, the way he talks and everything, I've got. I've. I don't like it. I don't like it. I was. I just my like canon like is it. that he's a little autistic. He is, I, um, I guess, but that's. I don't know. But overall, the show wouldn't go down for me anymore. It's 7.9 or something for yeah. me on our list. Um, but I'm not getting... Negan is making the damn show right now. And then Carl. Carl I didn't expect Carl to be the one I would talk about. But uh, Oh, and then the other show. Well, this I just music doesn't fit bit. about what I'm about to say. It's okay. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> it's a totally <laughs> different type of show. Because I don't... Look, Walking Dead is a very dark show, as I've said right. many times here. And it's one of the reasons why it's not in the eights right now. That could change based on... I know that y'all have told me something big happens soon, yeah. and um, the review, the critics love what happened as well. <laughs> it's my ringtone. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine is taking the place of. Cur- By the way, I finished Curb Your Enthusiasm. I can't recommend it enough to you, Evan and Justin, to give it a true shot. So, how much of Brooklyn Nine Nine have you watched? I've only like eight episodes, season one. I I, lo- I just right off the bat, Stephanie was kind of told me at the first season it really takes off later, and I'm like, I already like it. I liked it right away. Funny, it's super funny, super lighthearted. It's a go- silly. It's something I watched before bed. To Amy like Santiago's great, and fuck the uh, uh, fucking Terry Crews, so good. It's just it's a great show, real memeable show. Good stuff. And real once happy show. and and it's. Uh, is it documentary style? No, it's, it's not. It's kind it's of just, sitcom style. It's it's, it's, sit, like it's it's sitcom, but no, no, no laugh track. No laugh track. Yeah. No live live audience. So, I like I like the format. I think the characters, all the actors and actresses are funny. Um, not really many downsides right no. now. Everybody's funny. Like if you asked me who my dog it would be for Brooklyn Nine Nine, it would be the first show I'd say I don't have one. Everybody's charming on that show. Yeah, I'm having trouble hating so, on anyone. So strong from the start, basically. I think it's strong. I, I know a lot of people say it was a little weak first season, but I mean, and I haven't had any reference to compare. No, it. I don't. I wouldn't. But I, I, I wouldn't I even think, say that. It, I think it's been. It's, it's consistent. I think it's funny right off the bat. Yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. The cast nails it. Uh, it it's funny. Everybody's funny. <laughs> it's people you've seen and st- other stuff, little stuff, but now they're getting a little more. 
Um, so those are the two main shows I'm watching. What are y'all? Watching? I ju- I just finished uh, this show. Gotham, which is actually this is the ending theme. Anytime Sassy would hear this, she's like, "Okay, it's time to go outside." Because <laughs> we finished an episode. Uh, but yeah, I just finished Gotham. All right, well, I caught up with it basically. He's ahead of me. I haven't watched the first new episode. Yet. Yeah, I, well, there were four seasons on uh, Netflix, and it fell off a cliff. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's actually it's really good. It's like I said, it's still it's a weird tone, uh, but it it really like ramps up. This almost sounds like twenty four music. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just the ending theme. the The intro is kind of like Supernatural, where it's just like kind of takes the effect of what's going on in the show wow, and shoots right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I finished, I caught up just in time. I didn't realize that Gotham was starting, like season five was starting. And then I saw it pop up on my YouTube Brooklyn TV. Nine-Nine starts again soon, too. Yeah. On I, M- this first season on NBC. So I saw, I saw it pop up and I was like, oh, let's watch season, uh, season five, episode one. And so now I'm ahead of Evan. The, the, I forgot to mention, go ahead, but when you're done, let me know. Because there's one thing I left off that was a big show I watched. Usually I only watch one show at a time, but because... That show is kind of like it's you know hour long episode forty five minute episode. Sure, um, I started watching that seventy show just for some background noise, so I've been watching that too. Uh, and I'm almost to the part where Eric leaves, and I'm like, okay, I can I can throw this one to the side again because it gets really dumb after that. So I was just gonna say that we watched the Gauntlet Mystery Science Theater three thousand. We binged it over the New Year. We picked some really good movies. I've, I mean, it's a great if you want something just to sit down with a drink for the evening and just laugh, you know. Everything that they're doing with MSDPK is great. There's a lot of... Are they of, doing movies that we've seen? They're real movies. Yeah, I mean, like, no. Mac and Me. And I don't know if you've saw Mac and Me, but most of them you, I probably, you probably haven't seen. But Mac like, and... No, these Mac are... Mac and Me is the closest. Ter- they purposefully get terrible movies. I yeah. mean, no one's going to let a good... A good movie would be really hard for them to get. If you want that same license, thing with a good, with it. like first run movies, or if you go to rifttracks.com, the guys that used to do MST3K, Mike Nelson and the guys yeah. that did the robots there, have a website called Rift Tracks. They do shitty movies and they release them on like Amazon Prime and stuff, but you can they release these tracks and this player you can download. And it where sinks it syncs up, you go rent like Transformers or Twilight or whatever, and you put it in and it syncs up their commentary track with the movie. And you can watch like like at my cousin Adam and I watched like three Twilight movies together with the riff tracks. I'm peeing laughing like so fucking fun. And they were really and a lot of people criticize the new Mystery Science Theater as not as funny it's as some of the previous. It's not the same. It's funny. It's different. You know what? There's still people that scream that Joel's the best. There's people that scream that Mike Nelson's the best. It depends on how old you are. Yeah. And yeah. how open minded you are. I like the new cast, and I've watched. Old mystery. Jonah's science great. The guys doing the robots are great. Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt kill it. As I'm the, always as a the, as the bad guys. I always like Crow's presence. The sort of the narcissistic. I like Tom Servo. Like, I've always liked Tom. Once Servo. I they're finished, both. It's great. Once I finished Gotham, though, I did catch up on Supernatural. So I'm all caught up and ready to ready for the next episode. So we're all caught up on Supernatural. I'm not. Did they release one in the last two weeks? Because no, it's it, it. Have you seen? What let's was the just, last let's what, leave. No, just let's, what was we're caught up. What was the last thing you saw? I'm trying to think. I get just tell me what was the last thing. Dean you Dean, you know, the second Dean showed back up, you figured Michael was was trying to Oh pull yeah, something. yeah, I saw and that. And then he yeah. turned around with the spear, cut, yep. kicked the spear in and half. And he's smirking. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Smirking Michael. Like yeah. He left the door open. Michael yeah. left the door of open. Of course he ending. did. Yeah. We, we should have known that. Well, and you saw it through the, this, the <clears throat> first part of the season where, you know, he'd get these like kind of visions of like, you know, what he did as Michael. Like it was kind of fading in and out as, as things were happening. I was like, I know what's going to happen there. Uh, but what I was really weirded out about is that in the final episode of when, you know, their hiatus, Lucifer wasn't in that episode. Like, or Nick wasn't in that episode. True. But That's true. the last time we saw him was the episode before that, and at the end of that, <clears throat> Nick. It looked like Lucifer woke up from the empty. Nick praying to for Lucifer to come back, and that skeleton thing rising up right. from the this the the darkness was one of the best things that's ever been on that show. Yeah. The the performance, the dude that plays Nick slash you know the, the vessel. He's Lucifer, pouring his heart out. In well, that he character. like he's so he can't he can see the writing on the wall that probably he it, you know there was no avoiding what happened to his family. He was always destined to be any and the 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 vessel of Satan and he and he kind of and he finally just crying admitted he's like I liked the way it felt. I liked when you were in control. I liked no consequence. And then and then it interspersed with him just crying. And begging and praying to Lucifer to come back to him, they cut to that dark place, the, the silent empty. place, the empty that you've seen that you saw Castillo wake up from, and they fought the thing, and and it's it's this skull thing rising up from the liquid, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, like it's just <laughs> the coolest fucking thing well, I've ever seen. In the same way that Jack woke up Cass from the empty, Nick now woke Nick's up prayer, Lucifer, like the vessel of Satan, praying for his 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 inhabitor to come back that was just so good yeah and i caught up on the walking dead so i'm done with that and then i also I'm caught up on everything uh i have one more episode of doctor who before i get to the end of that oh, so man is she killing I, I had a backlog of all these shows she that were just that were currently on but because i was watching gotham i'm like i'm not gonna try i'm to completely time. caught up on doctor who and jody is fucking just these I, I don't know what to tell you Taylor I know that you're not Indian, but these last this, this I got new doctor the, all the episodes are the new like year special gave me fucking amazing goosebumps they're so good it's just the best I, one of the I'm best, very skeptical one of the best sci-fi shows ever made period with a bullet yeah and it's red on the yeah, chart for me. It's mm -hmm. a big old fat red one for you. <laughs> and I um, watched. I'm still. I am. I'm still too. working. I'm still working through uh, Voyager, and I got to this part that I really love because the whole point of Voyager is that this uh, crew of terrorists, the Maquis, and the Voyager crew, go both yada yada lost in the Delta Quadrant together. They merge the crews together, so there's some Maquis raisin cakes on the crew, and they explore that in several episodes. But one. I'm going to show you a picture of the actor. Uh, but it, it turns out to be like a straight-up sociopathic murderer. Like, they find someone murdered on the ship. And, and Tuvok's doing this whole big investigation trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck? Who would... You know, and they're talking to Chakotay to see, like, well, what Maquis do you think is in? And then there's all like, oh, so automatically it's a Maquis? You know, that, that's yeah. a... little uh, racist kind of profiling. The Maki. While I'm Evans looking that up, I've been playing uh, since I since I got done with Batman. I wanted a little more uh, Batman. Oh, what nice! This guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He. Uh, What's his name? Oh fuck! I figured the audience should know what who we're looking at. Oh uh, God! <laughs> He's a guy. 
He's um, an actor. He did play the portrayed by Brad D O U R I F. He's just a f- that guy actor. He yeah. plays kind of a sh- strange little guy. He plays this kind of character. <laughs> yeah, he's been but some stuff with these big black eyes. Like he um he he plays this this uh, ensign suitor. Yeah, or crewman suit because all the ma- maquis Instant guys. Are cr- suitor. Yeah, all the maquis are crewmen. They're not. They don't have a rank. Sounds like a very. Um, if they didn't have a previous rank in Starfleet, like Bolana Torres or Tom Perez or whoever, they they just were crewmen. So he's just this crewman working in the engineering, and they've come. Anybody, any when Tuvok corners him, once Tuvok figures it out, he's just like he admits it. He's just like, I need violence. Violence is part of me. It's very like, like uh, Clarice, you know, very I like, fu- but like, and he only has two episodes, the episode where he's caught and they kind of deal with what do we do with this guy and, pre- you know, cause they're not, they can't ax him and they can't, and they don't, they think about leaving him in just somewhere, but they can't, but he's there, he's their problem. So they lock him in a crew quarter down in the bowels of the ship. And that's the last you hear from him for a bit. Then there's this episode where these evil aliens take over the ship. And they don't account for Suter. The only the, so like Suter, this psychopath murderer. That you know, in the meantime, he's been working with Tuvok to try and control his violence. So he doesn't want to kill anybody. But the only two people left on the ship are the holographic doctor and Suter. So Suter has to like <laughs> climb through the ductwork and fucking like ninja kill all these fucking aliens, <laughs> and he's just falling apart the whole time. That actor does such a good job of him. He eventually he crawls out of a Jeffrey's tube back into the into the into the sick bay, and the doctor, of course, is all, "Oh, Mister Suter, you did such a good job. Oh, we're gonna." And, and Suter just sort of collapses like onto his knees with his head laying on the ground, and the look on his face, just like you can see the flecks of blood. There's some shit in Voyager that I, I forgot. I forgot all about Suter. And the second I was like, that episode came up, I'm like, oh my God, it's a crewman Suter, right? Oh shit. And he, and it's just him save, he saved the day. And oh, it, it just sounds like Voyager, good quality. Voyager, yeah. Voyager is off the, I like, it gets a lot of, un, it, of any Star Trek, it gets the most undue flack, period. Voyager is such a good fucking Star Trek show. It's retarded. Good Star Trek show, Pardon but a lot of people just word, but a lot of seriously. people heard you say "good Star Trek show" and then they shut the show yeah. off. It's a good great. Star Trek. show. It's a great sci-fi. Like I the- hate Star Trek. <laughs> I hate every Star Trek I've ever seen. Why would I like Voyager? Then why are we having this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me. Uh, but I'm you know I'm I've Gotham and Supernatural and all that. I'm, I've got all those things keyed up on my on my Amazon Prime, waiting for the new episodes. Yeah. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 13 was on the 4th and it was really good. Oh, okay, I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I, I got, so when I got done Wrestling with Gotham, I wanted a little more Batman. So I bought Batman Arkham Knight. And I guess in Arkham City, Batman kills the Joker. And so uh, there's this Joker kind of serum that was released and apparently it's a little in Batman. And so he just sees Joker randomly, like walking around talking to him <laughs> in his mind. And is it, it is it still Mark Hamill? I think so. The Joker, the Clown Prince of Crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Uh, Hello, but, bats. And you, and I think the voice of Batman in those games is the guy from the animated series too. Yeah, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Yeah, but there, there's you know all the classic villains, and now that I've watched Gotham and I know a little bit of this backstory i know you know their their names when you know batman will say cobblepot and i'm like oh it's penguin man you know i can make those connections where i wouldn't have before 
because I watch Gotham, and it kind of gives you a little backstory on each person and each villain. So I'm enjoying that. I also installed Beat Saber, which is a virtual reality lightsaber game, kind of like Guitar Hero. And I was a little sore after a couple days of playing it. Like, my legs were pretty sore because you got to dodge walls and crouch under stuff that's coming after you. It's really fun. As far as games, a paradox that makes Crusader Kings and uh, Europa Universalis 4 and all these great grand strategy games, they have a space game called Stellaris, and I'm playing the tits. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Divinity Original Sin 2. It's actually one of the best rated RPGs ever. You put a lot of time into it so far. Well, I don't even notice I'm putting time in. I just want to play it. And then I'm still playing League here and there. I play ranked matches. Um... I sent y'all a message on Sunday. It was a uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes and just randomly. The Haunting of Hill House, yeah. And I see this show that has a 92% and I've never heard of it. And then I find out it's a Netflix show. Netflix original, right. So what the fuck is going... 91% audience score, by the way, on Rotten Tomatoes. I've, I've I've heard some people like... Talk about it. The Haunting of Hill House is an effective ghost story whose steadily mounting anticipation is just as satisfying as its chilling payoff. Is there this, you know, Narcos, another Netflix show that none of us have watched here, is like a 90-something percent on RT and the critics love it. I know plenty of people that watch it and love it. Uh, not us, right. but I know people at work. Uh, I think Charlie's watched Narcos. I know a lot, some other people in my family that have watched it. And it's nothing but, like, is Netflix doing a lot of stuff right now that we're just not in tune to? Well, okay. And by the way, I I enjoyed uh, Ozark. Generally on that topic, there's a show that just came out, Standard Bullet, called Bird Box. And it's such a meme right now. Boo. Like, it's so such a mainstream thing on Facebook. And wherever you look, you'll see Sandra Bullock with a blindfold on. And because it's so popular right now, I don't want to watch it because I I, I don't want to join the, the crowd, I guess. I'll wait maybe a year and then I might watch it. Is this some sort of, when they say the golden age of television, isn't this like the platinum age of television or something even beyond it I now? Mean, if, is, if, it the st- is this still the golden age of television? Because there's so much TV that's excellently rated and, and critically acclaimed. I can't even keep up right. with the titles. I, well, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna watch. I can't watch everything. Like I get stuff recommended by y'all and my parents. But can't. But I'm not. Gonna are you watch looking? It all. Are you looking at the reviews for this stuff, dude? There's so. I'm talking strictly things reviewed well. I'm never gonna get around to it all. And even some stuff that's real good is just not for, far enough up my alley to warrant giving it time. Like what was my parents? Justified, I think, is what they were. Justified. I watched a little bit of it. Show Justified. Welcome to Justified. I watched a minute of it. I was like, I could probably watch this, but I'm not going to. From the network that brought you Sons of Anarchy. And it's got incredible reviews. It's well. In the Shield. Longmire. Longmire. That's another one my parents have told me I need to watch. Longmire. Pinky Blinders. Yeah, Pinky Pinky Blinders. And all of these shows have great reviews, but you're not going to watch them all. I watched Ozark. It, it actually <laughs> that was the only thing I really watched. Whoop de do. <laughs> it actually it reminds me of when there were so many movies coming out that I wanted to see that there was no way I was going to see them all in the theater. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now there's no <laughs> movies that I want to see in but the theater. I, I consider myself someone that watches quite a bit of television, and I'm regularly at work encountering people saying, "Have you seen X Y Z?" 
and I've never even heard of it. Then I go look it up, and yeah, they're not kidding. It's well-received by critics. It's it's watched by a lot of people. We are watching shows. But who are... Who's... The audience, who's able to watch this much TV? Because we consume quite a bit. You know how we, when you say like, oh, no one watched Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, no one's watching The Expanse. We're watching it. Uh, you know what everyone else, is, if humanity is watching? Narcos? Garbage like, you know. They're rewatching The Office for the 13th time. The Haunting or of Friends. the Hill. Of Hill House? The Office is the most Or they're watched. watching garbage on TV. They're watching fucking dating there, shows. There was a Bride, Bride, shows. You're talking Bridezilla type shit. Yeah. People are watching just mindless, complete shit. But there, I was, mean, just, there was a chart that I saw about what's being streamed on Netflix. And The Office is like ahead by a mile. Like so many people watch The Office on Netflix and everything else is kind of down here. But I want to get the big cake for the wedding. And no, and you can't the, have it's, it. It's ah, one of the last. I'm gonna NBC get my way. Like that, you know. Like there would be an outcry if the office. I'm was more important than you. Y'all well, need it to be. Almost was, and there was an outcry. Y'all need to be quiet. This but is Bridezilla. This is my wedding. Because of the. Re- I mean, that's the type. No, no. I'm. I know Evan's giving me this look. Like what the fuck? No, I'm just. That is it. That is that show. I'm not being rude. Go watch it and then come back. That's it. Weddings are stupid. Aside from that very dark comment, it's <laughs> a terrible show, and there's so many reality shows I'll never watch. And have you ever thought about that? For me especially, y'all do more than I there's do. There's a lot of TV, period. I'm never going to watch good and bad. Well, I don't have the time. But we do have time. It's extended. I think it's safe to stay with, say with Parks and Rec that it's worth anybody's time. And that all these other shows are noise and gar- there's all kinds of faults with them all. But when you go to Parks and Rec, it's pretty damn hard to find anything wrong season post-season three, guys. It is. And seasons one and two are funny in parts and good enough to get to season three. So it's an easy recommend. A strong recommend. <laughs> okay. That's enough of that. But yeah. I'm just trying to end the episode, you need guys. A, We're if running you need out of time a, Yeah, here. if you need a good old good old happy show to watch, definitely watch... Uh, a good old happy show, lots of comedy, lots of heart. <laughs> <laughs> lots of heart. Bunch of liberals. Disgusting. Some uppity Hillary Clinton worshipping snoozle working for the government sucking on the government's teat makes me sick Rush over this music is pretty good You know I watched a little bit of that show it just seems like a bunch of Nancy boy liberal cucks all cucking around with each other you know, and you think, oh, Rush, you probably like Ron Swanson, Lord Lord. Yeah, Ron, Ron Well, you know Swanson. what? Fuck Ron Swanson. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, fuck that horse shit. Literal. That's a song about a horse. Fuck that horse. That comma dash shit. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, this is you it. Think, you Music. think this, these, these shows, these goddamn NBC shows indoctrinating our children and our wives 
because obviously only big fat white douchebags listen to Rush Limbaugh. They're they're watching the shows while we're at work. I'm a big liar. I like to stir the pot and say awful shit and make you mad. I make your 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 relatives into aliens. That's what I do. I'm Rush Limbaugh. And we can listen to you in the car. I love anywhere. That's right. AM radio. Rush, we got a caller on the line. Uh, a Parks and Rec fan wants to wants to comment in on, on the show. Well, hang up on that pussy. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. You hear that guitar? Imagine me playing that guitar. Smoking a big stogie. Blowing the smoke in some cuck's face. Rush Limbaugh! <laughs> yeah! Booyah! Yeah! Yeah! Folks, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, well. Parks and Rex is fun. Parks and Rex? Okay. Boy, howdy. Parks and Rex. Parks! <sighs> Let me, we never said it. Parks and Rec Recreation. did what The Office did better. Yeah. It's better than The Office. It's better than The Office. Sorry. It is. Sorry. Because the office that's, has more weaknesses. That's a big argument out there. Well, we just made our statement. Yeah. It's not like leagues better, but it's better. It's better. Of course. And, and part of that is that positive optimism that transcends it. Of course, it's always it. uh, sunny in Philadelphia. is uh, ranked higher. So, uh... For a different reason, though. For an optimistic show, it's hard to beat it's Parks funnier. and Rec. For me, it's above. it's always sunny. But overall, it's barely. Right. Yeah, barely, barely. It's all barely. barely. Anyway, let's not make this long ass but, um, any longer. But um, we'll see you next time. Bye, money. Please. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you too. Love you too. Section 3 allows for a citizen filibuster. If I stand here and refuse to yield my time, you are prohibited from voting on the bill. <clears throat> Let the filibustering begin. As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the
the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode 7. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is and exactly... And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Oh, then do a hard cut uh, to a repurposed uh, Imperial destroyer uh, which has now been taken over by the Rebels. Uh, Commander Luke Skywalker, now a full Jedi Knight, uh, training new Padawans, uh, is using, ironically, uh, his father Anakin's red lightsaber, which will be uh, a, a symbolic, I think, visual for his battle uh, with how to uh, both bring about the new uh, Jedi Order uh, while still um, acknowledging his father's uh, fall from grace. This is uh, as he is training the Padawans, we pan outside of the control uh, window to a nearby asteroid where we see, and please allow me to finish this because it's gonna seem like a bit of a jump. We see Thanos, who was the oh, villain on. teased at the end of the first Avengers movie. Now Thanos, as you know, owns the Infinity Gauntlet, which has the time gem, the mind gem, the power gem, the space gem, and the reality gem. If he holds the reality gem, that means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from to the Marvel Universe from the Star Wars Universe. Uh, we then cut to Earth. Uh, Tony Stark uh, realizes okay, uh, that okay. there is... She, Tony Stark realizes that there is... Tony Stark... I know who that is. This is the first person I've known. Tony Stark realizes, I, I do not recognize uh, the chair. Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in, in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this. Uh, and, and he then starts to assemble uh, the, the cream of the Marvel Universe, not, not the second tier superheroes that we saw in the first Avengers movie. I'm sorry, but Hawkeye and Black Widow are not first tier. He would go find, uh, hello, Spider-Man. Spider-Man exists in that universe. He would go find Moon Knight. He would go find Daredevil. He would go uh, find Hercules. And then that can bring in the entire uh, uh, pantheon of Greek gods that we saw in Clash and Wrath of the Titans. So now we have a giant three uh, franchise tie-in. Now, cut back to uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer. Uh, Luke uh, gets a visit from, and we only show this from the boots up first, so we show these, like, black boots with the, and then we pan up, and oh my god, it's Han Solo, but he's old, older and grizzled, and, and really, like, focused and cool, like, he's seen some really bad stuff, and he actually seems shaken, and, and Luke is like, what's wrong, old buddy? And that's when Han drops Chewbacca's severed head onto the floor, yes, in front no of all the Padawans. Way. Kids are not gonna like this. In front of the Padawans. Kids are not Please let me finish. Thank you. The Padawans are all horrified and 
uh, 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 Han says that the planet Kashyak has been destroyed by this very mysterious force. Now we know, oh, this was Thanos. Thanos is beginning to, uh, you know, uh, gather power in this new universe. So uh, while they take Chewie's head down uh, to, because we've seen that, you know, they can build new bodies. They're going to build Chewie this really cool robot. I, I'm thinking spider body, you know, like a cool spider body with Chewie's head and, and ion cannons on it. But that will be in the, he'll come back. That'll be the, the post-credits tease of this film. So keep that in mind. So I don't want you guys bummed out because Chewbacca's not dead. He will come back. Uh, then, uh, and then Han all, and then Luke looks down and, and Han's wedding ring is gone. Hey, what happened with you and Leia? And Han's like, don't even get me started on that. So now we know where, where did Leia go? Where did Leia go? She's not gone, but we will find out but in a second. The female part's now, a little underwritten whole, so far, sir. I'd like to point that out. I am, I have citizen filibuster. Thank you. And, and really, thank you for respecting uh, our town laws by interrupting me during this. Uh, where was I? Yes. Exactly then why we need at to the then at the edge of the uh, of the Star Destroyer's orbit, suddenly the time ribbon begins uh, wavering, and what comes through? The X-Men's Quinjet. That's right. We, what we did was, back on Earth, we showed him gathering up all the heroes, but we didn't see him gathering up the X-Men, so oh my goodness, now Wolverine's gonna be there. Now Cyclops is gonna be there. So the Quinjet comes through, Luke gets in his X-Wing to go out and meet them, and they engage in this awesome star battle, and it looks like the Quinjet actually is going to shoot Luke down, and suddenly this volley of lasers comes in, and 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 what comes flying in is we Robot think it's going to be, it, it, we think it's going to be the Millennium Falcon, just like in Episode Four when he comes in and saves him uh, during the Battle of Yavin. But no, it is Slave One. That's right, Boba Fett ship ship Slave One has to save Luke because, of course, he's trying to track down Han. He can't have Luke die. So then. Now it's a battle between the Quinjet, between the X-Wing, between Slave One, and then uh, we see that Millennium Falcon uh, is flying away. So uh, now um, Slave One goes off to do, to do that. But then, then we cut down to Corsican, where uh, uh, Princess Leia uh, is now consulting with, um, uh, with Lando Calrissian. Now it looks like they're just having a very intense meeting about trade regulations and about I will not I will not finish my speaking about trade regulations and and and. But then suddenly, once when the rest of the council meeting leaves, they fall into each other's arms. Oh my God! Lando Calrissian and Princess Leia are having an affair, and that is why Han Solo. Because look, Lando Calrissian was like, Hey, if I'm going to lose the Millennium Falcon to you, I'll just take your woman, and he has. So then we set that. Triangle up. Now, cut back to the Quinjet and Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four is piloting it. Oh, it was a fake out. He, it's him, and we have uh, select members of the X Men that I thought, in, in my opinion, were um, were not uh, focused on properly in the earlier films. We have Colossus in there. We have X twenty three, which is Wolverine's daughter, and then we have a now mind controlled saber tooth. And of course, Wolverine. So imagine those two going up against Robot Chewbacca, because that's going to happen. That is what we're teasing right now. I have literally have no fluid in my mouth. I got to do a Marco Rubio. Can we please cut? <laughs> 